Okay, here we go. Broadcasting live, this is KMA Talk Radio. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of fine cigars. With your hosts, Honest Abe and Adam K. the Brewmeister. Listen to the show anywhere in the free world at kmatalkradio.com. Good morning, loyal listeners, libertarians, lovers of the leaf, everyone out there in Facebook land. Welcome to another exciting edition of KMA Talk Radio, broadcasting live on this, the uh, Saturday before Thanksgiving, here in lovely West Palm Beach, Florida. I am Adam K. the Brewmeister. With me as always, the man, the myth, the legend, the mythical figure himself, Mr. Honest Abe. Good morning. The mythical figure. I thought that was a good add-on. And of course, Listen, uh, someone without a hat. Yeah, uh, very disturbing. I have him. a hat. I just don't know where it is right now. I'll get it on the next break. Put the camera. I do on look so really. See how I just did. I look so bald. You just are very disturbing. Yeah. Did, did, you, did, did you get a haircut this week? Did you trim it down? Did, I shaved my beard. I'm having a rough old, morning. Did dude. the old lady knock the hat off? She wasn't old. I shouldn't have said old. You said old. You She's, said. I mean, she was old to me. She was like like mid fifties, late fifties. Lovely. Fuck you. And right? I know. I apologize. That's not old. <laughs> I know. That's why I said she wasn't really old. But she was like, I don't know. Like she was like your picturesque, like nice Cuban mother. She was like, so, she got out of the car. She's like, I'm so are you sorry. So, so for those of you, who wait, don't wait, 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 wait. Well, no. I, I just assume. I just assume she was. This Cuban. story gets better. <laughs> she gets out of the car, and you had a conversation with well, her. Well, so listen, we were, and in then the you middle. let her hit and run you. Listen, dude, you're sad. I am. It was you the, really the cop laughed, you the cop laughed at me. Yeah, I would be laughing at you yeah. too, dude. You really have to be like one of the weakest human beings I've ever met. Why are there so many? There's, because one of them other, is mine. Ew. Get Adam, I have Adam's cup over here. How That's did you me let this woman so hit listen, and run? So listen, here's you. what happened. Well, how is my cup gross? Can I? I mean, it's yours. Uh, Hard hey, do you disagree? No, I mean, I'm, I'm, touch, I'm wiping my hands too. <laughs> so, she, I was stopped at a light Screw both of you. on a on like a five lane highway, you know, on Southern Boulevard, right by the air, where you can see the airport where where Air Force One so is I'm always parked. You're the first car at the light. No, I'm not. I'm okay. like the third or fourth car at the light. And she rear ends you. She and like, I, listen, you know how it is when you get into a car accident. Everything sounds loud. So it was really loud to me and shocking. Like I was like, holy, oh my god. So I put the car in park. <laughs> That's exactly what he did, too. Yeah. 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 I put the car in park. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh my I threw God, my, my hazards God. on. I've been in plenty of car accidents before, so I, I know I'm what sure to do. you've caused plenty of them. You right. obviously don't know well, what to hold do on. the wounds <laughs> got away from you. Stop. So I get out of the car, and first of all, she took me off guard because I expected it to be. I've been rear-ended before. It's always like a young kid. And was like, she hot? And I get pissed. Because if she wasn't hot and half-naked, what what? She was half-naked, but she was. I wouldn't consider her hot. I mean... Would you kick her out of bed? No, but uh, yeah. I, but you know that's she wasn't. A ra- that's a rabbit hole. I don't even want. So to she go was down. wearing one of those Let's jumpers. She was wearing a jumper yeah. that was open in the midriff and the back. Oh God! And Did she have a flat stomach? No. Oh no! Then no you don't wear little, that. This no. sounds terrible. It was in. A, she was inappropriately dressed, but it was a brand new Honda, like a, a black Accord. Can you please explain how she gets away from you? So we we stopped and it's on southern boulevard right there at the lights so it's yeah, green I know where it is. everybody's flying past us yeah, okay. people are honking going past us they don't realize that we had an accident okay. apparently i said are you okay she said i'm okay i said habla inglés cuz she was speaking with it. she barely <laughs> oh spoke my God. 
Dude, you were so racist. No, it wasn't racist because she habla was saying inglés. something in Spanish. No, she okay. was saying something in Spanish. And I said, habla inglés. And she said, yes, I speak English. I said, okay. I said, Let, let's get out of the street and we'll go over there and we'll get information and check out the car. I looked at my car. It looked okay. I was like, it's not that big a deal. I was like, but let's let's get tra- trade and in- exchange information. So, uh, so well, oh, Peter Hernandez has his uh, has his thing up. Thank you. Well uh, done, you can take, you just, he needs you to know he's here. Version of Yelp. <laughs> so, I I I, we, I wait for the traffic to slow down. She's right behind me. She's she is this a long car. story? No, it takes about another Holy two cow. seconds. And I start to slowly pull across three lanes of traffic, and she's right behind me. I said, "All right, good." So I turn on Gem Lakes. As I turn left into the parking lot on Gem Lakes, I see her do like a Yui and speed off like 90 miles an hour and fly down Southern. And I was like, <laughs> I get out of my car. Gotcha, I stop the car in the middle bastard. of the street getting so, into the parking so, lot. So you didn't and you even didn't, you didn't just see, let me get her license plate number before we pull well, off in the this, road? Well, in this shithole state, they don't have license plates in the front of your car so like you a normal place. The I know. I, obviously, I didn't get that. I didn't think of that. You just said. It so was then, sad. So then after she's already beat you and yeah. not done enough damage... You want to call the police? I was already on the phone with nine one one. I don't care. Yeah, you already uh, called the police. Yeah. I would have called. Back. Yeah, I'm. I'm a dumbass. I got suckered. Don't bother sending the. No, cop. I want to. I want to report just in case. In case what? They're going to hunt her down in America's worst wanted. <laughs> that dude laughed at you and threw the report out the window as it, he drove away. It makes me feel better that I had a report. Pathetic. I'm sorry. So all our listeners had to suffer this morning because of your good feelings. Well, no, they had to suffer because Adam doesn't know how to use the computer, apparently. Uh, I don't have the Facebook login information, which wasn't logged in. If you weren't so anti-Facebook, you'd have a login. I don't want to have a login. I think the world is better off without him being on Facebook. Now we're getting him on Facebook. No. Because he needs to be on Bumble and Tinder. I need him. I need. I'm like. I'm. I'm like charged up now. I'm gonna get some Facebook stuff going for you. You're gonna have some people waiting for you for a date. Can't wait. Why? I don't know. I need to do something with my life now. I feel so insignificant. Something's and, wrong with you. There's Life's something wrong with down. other people in this world that they would just drive off like that. No. Yes. That's what Abe. people do. I I understand, but why you lose your faith in humanity when people do shit like that? Oh, that that's the part that you well, lose your faith. Well, this humanity. one actually really. this that's, one actually involves that's me. That's the part that makes you lose your faith in humanity. <laughs> what about blatantly running a stop sign and then being told you ran a stop sign and not saying sorry, actually getting angry about it? Have you done that? Uh, that sounds like a personal. No, that situation. happened yesterday. We, yeah. That happened twice. People like ran a stop sign. We yelled at them about it, and they go. And they actually told me to go fuck my mother. That was <laughs> really? the reply. Yeah, that was a pretty harsh reply. But with a girl in the car. Yeah, that's actually, a with, their, with his daughter in the front seat. But are you the police? I'm sure that's what they were asking. No, they were no. I'm asking for a, a friend. Wait, what? He's asking. So you yelled at somebody for going past a stop sign? Yeah, it's a four way stop. It's right by a park. Did it's you like, get in an accident? No, the point is it happened so twice. We got pissed off yeah, about it. I yell at people for doing stupid crap on the road all the time. Yeah, First but he off, apparently got out of say sorry and I yelled at a, them. I live in a community where where like my house is like kind of right around a bend, mm-hmm. and there are guys always blaring around that corner, man. And like there's kids that play in the street. I'm constantly getting out in the middle of the street, waving them. And your neighborhood, it's, it's all families, right? I mean, it's tons of little kids. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. do they say I'm sorry? Dude, they no. just blare by, yeah. and, and you know what? They probably flick you off. Well, nobody flicks <laughs> me off because I get get in my car. It's, nice. it's it's a gated community. I can get to them before they can get out. That seat, yeah. You know, but uh, you know, I'm not like Paul. Just let him. No, she had green lights all the way. I even looked. I ran out to Southern and I looked out. Dude, she had green lights all the way past no, ninety five. Here's the problem. See, I anticipate the problem. I get in an accident. I'm already thinking this. You're this right. girl You're is right. going to ditch me. 
I get her driver's license. I yep. take a thing. And then I say, hey, let's move to the side of the road. I know. I And I have done that many times before, but this, like, she, like, hit, like, a nerve in me. She seemed Listen, like a sweet little old lady that was really... You saw You got all excited, didn't know what to do with yourself. No, no, no. It then was not good self-conscious because your not... hat wasn't on. No, my hat think, was on. Couldn't my see clearly. Was my hat was on. And she, and she seemed very sweet and very shaken up. And I was like, okay, it's okay. Maybe because she didn't have insurance. I don't know. It's Florida. There's more uninsured motorists in this Meanwhile, state she's than like anywhere America, else. She's one of America's most wanted. Like, could you imagine? And you let her go, I, right? She's probably murdered like sixteen if, people. If anybody, <laughs> if, if that would happen to anybody, it would be you, though. What if I? Yeah, if that. Yeah, happened, like she's yeah. America's most wanted. Yeah, <laughs> Watch, I'll see her tomorrow. Like, That's the lady that hit. Me. Right? I could, I could draw a picture of her perfectly right now. Like, I know exactly what I she looks really like. I would really like to see you try and do that. Yeah, I'd like to see you draw need, a picture of her perfectly too. I need crepa. <laughs> I need Crepa, and I can actually... What the hell is Crepa? I used to be an artist, dude. What is Crepa? Well, you claim to have been a comedian, too. So that and you're also not funny. <laughs> There's proof of both. There's paintings of mine that have been sold, just so you know. <laughs> I would like to meet the person. Can we get the person who bought a painting of well, yours yeah, on the show? Yeah, painting? I sold paintings when I was in high school. Most of them were of like naked girls. Most of them $5? were of naked girls for like 20 bucks. Yeah, oh, there you go. Yeah. Crepa painting. So it was like... You know, kind of like crayons, but yeah, you call it a painting if it's crepa. Uh, I can't. Why am I talking? You about You still have this? not explained what is crepa. It's, it's like a crayon. He just told no, you. No, it's it's like chalk, basically. It's it's like oily chalk. You've never you've never used crepa before. Don't don't they have arts and crafts I think I've in, in Michigan? With some crackers. Yeah. <laughs> you keep using that word. <laughs> what, where where did that come bites? from? I never even I got a bunch he, of stuff here. I've never even heard those. Sound I bites. didn't even know that existed. Uh, we, we need to call Duffy, make a new library soon. It's been a while. We have a lot of stuff that we don't even use. I know, I know. But it's good to stay in touch with the Duff. <sighs> good guy. I'm all shaken up. I need. I really else. need a hat, though. I look bad. Yes, yes terrible. You do. Very. I can't wait for beer. We have beer here today too. We got a lot of stuff beer, here today. Beer and cigars. Yeah. I'm It'll happy to be, good be back. Time. It was good to be back. Yeah, yes. how was your trip? How was California? We liked it. We had a great time, actually. I can't believe you got up in a hot air balloon. Aren't, don't you, you got in a, a hot air balloon? Oh, God. He doesn't know anything that you did no, this whole trip. No, of the trip, no. Because he's not on Facebook. That's why I like it that way. Wow. Why, you were lost to the world. Why can't you believe I got up in a hot air balloon? I feel like you're a guy that'd be afraid of heights. No. Not at all. And maybe I just assumed. No. Not at all. Do they... I don't. I want to say this. Do they weigh you? <laughs> I was gonna. Ask, do they ask no. how much you weigh? <laughs> no, no. That's what I was thinking. No, no. But they do have a height requirement that you wouldn't have. Made. <laughs> okay. I like First it. off, tell I'm me not, they don't I'm ask not, you how much you weigh. No, they, dude. Those things can hold up to twenty people. Secondly, <laughs> is secondly is the 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 basket's high, so you wouldn't probably even see over the rail. How did you get over it? Doesn't it open? No. There's you no have to door. Climb in. And just so you know, and you can ask my wife from verification, yeah. while the little Asian 20-pound dudes had trouble getting in yeah. and flip-flopping. You hopped like, right over? Like a ballerina. Did she have in it on out. video? No. I want to see it. No. I hopped in and out like a ballerina. Ask my wife. <laughs> like a ballerina. Like a ballerina. I was like uh, Nadia Comaneci <laughs> in the Olympics, bro. Wow, what an obscure reference. That's because I'm good at that. But literally, I was like Nadia Comaneci at the Olympics. They got, they got a couple foot... I just don't understand why people got all complicated about it. They got a couple, like, you know, like... Step stools? No, no, no. It's little holes in the basket that you put your foot in. Oh, that's what those are for? I've seen those in the baskets and wondered if that, it was, like, for, like, airflow or no, something. No, that's oh, for your feet. That makes but, sense. But but it's still a little bit difficult because you can't lean forward because the basket's so high. Right. So some people are having trouble getting in, 
And then getting out, I don't know why, but like no one was saying, hey, let me use the same. They were trying to leverage their feet on the corner. Oh, really? Like there was this group of these, these, these like Asians, in, you know, next to us. And I was telling my those guys should have been like Bruce Leeing this, man. Like, what the hell? Like flipping over. Yeah. They were, and I'm talking about like little, like normal, like 120 pound guys. And they're having trouble getting out of this bed. Really? I'm watching this. I'm like, are you serious? No, seriously. I mean, look, agile, athletic young lie. men can't get I'm, out of it. I'm not going to lie. You know, it's it's been many, many years since I've tried hurdling shit and getting over shit. So I was a little nervous and didn't want to be the guy to wipe out in front of everybody, mm. like a ballerina. Wow, like a ballerina. Did you lift your wife in? Like, were you I a had gentleman? To help, no. Well, well, she she went in first, but then I had to help her um, just getting out. Yeah, because mm. it's, it's really tough because you're leaning back, so. It's hard to get that first leg over. I've actually seen them in person, but not up in the air. But I imagine that there was a door. Like, That's I was like, what I thought. Be some I, way I guess to get you're in there. The door. Listen, I, I, there isn't a door because the landing is very hard. Oh, interesting. No, no, it, it crash lands. Oh, really? Oh, no, no. The balloon crash lands, and the <laughs> chances of tipping over are pretty high. So, I mean, so what do they do? They warn they, you? They oh, you? yeah, you have to brace yourself. Oh, you have to get in a duck position, and depending on the a wind, a duck position. Yeah. Like you have Whoa. to like like if the wind is really bad when he really if he really feel, I mean sometimes I think he did it like they over dramatize it and they do it on purpose just for the fun of it, but he says like if it's like an eight or nine or ten, you got to get low enough that your head is below the bar. Heads down, heads yeah, down. Yeah, and you got to cr- crutch with the person in front of you and, and hold tight. But this thing hits really hard. It bounces, and then and you got to remember it doesn't stop. The wind is dragging this thing across the field, so you're dragging on the corner of the basket as it's leaned over, hoping it doesn't tip over. Wow. So yeah, landing is pretty wild, but um, yeah, I mean, and it's cool because I was like interviewing my, my like you know radio interview persona because I was sitting shotgun because the pilot was actually very funny and very cool, and uh, my persona I'm like yo so have you ever had any like weird landings? He was telling us how he got held hostage once. They what? Landed, yeah, they landed in this guy's backyard. Wait, 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 he got held hostage in a hot air balloon. You you know you can't control where you go. He can only control like really up and down. I, I assume a little yeah, bit. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So sometimes they land unexpectedly. They land in this dude's backyard, who held them hostage until they got a he got a five hundred dollar payment. Wouldn't let him go, so the company had to go muster up the five hundred dollars. Can you? And, is that legal? I guess so. It's on his property. That's a charge. That's you know. That's you know. Illegal, I heard it Ill- wasn't illegal dumping. Technically, I, I heard it wasn't because I, someone told me because of the old laws that they're actually allowed to land on private property and you can't. I mean, they'll be liable for damages they do, mm-hmm. but like you can't like press charges or anything. But they paid him. They paid him $500. And then one time he was, held, he was held at gunpoint because he landed like in a chop shop. And yeah. <laughs> and they thought he Police was... had to come. Yeah, it was, it was some Did they stories. think he was stealing? So like the dogs come running at him? Like... No, well, they, it, was, it, was, it was like a former chop shop that the police had taken over. And oh someone, someone had called and said, someone's in there stealing their car back. Yeah, by hot air balloon. <laughs> <laughs> really? And the police all came blaring with guns and stuff. Oh, yeah. There were some cool stories. Can you imagine just sitting in your backyard and all of a sudden a hot air balloon just lands? Uh, it happens actually often <laughs> enough in California. We were with a couple yesterday from San Diego and they said it happened to them. It happens, I guess. Wow. Because I guess hot air ballooning is a big thing out there. So I guess so. Apparently. Yeah. But um, it was a great trip. I really, really enjoyed Napa. I was actually very, very surprised at how cigar-friendly Napa Valley was. Get the hell out. Extremely. Well, it, no it's, way. it's, yeah. it's wine every- town. But you have to understand that people that are in the wine business, sommeliers are trained in cigar palate as well. So that might be why. They, the they kind of go hand in hand. I mean, they bought us a big ashtray. Everybody, they did a cigar dinner. 
It was the last. I, I saw was your post. Yeah. Well, I didn't. They didn't take pictures of the cigar dinner, but there was a cigar dinner that the hotel hosts once a month. There was like 65, 70 people there, and you happened to be there. We just happened to be in town during That's that awesome. time month, and the guy Nathan, who uh, is the Harvest Inn, he the guy was a hero, and I, I, he booked a lot of my trip. He helped me out. I don't know if he told people like I was a Sultan of Brunei. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. But everywhere we went, we rolled out red carpet. And I met a super interesting dude named Tom Anderson from Ghost Horse Winery. Um, Anderson Condell. I know Ghost Horse Winery. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, well, we drink tons of Ghost Horse. Wow. Yeah. And then the, the bottle that bottle starts at five hundred dollars. Yep. Goes up to five thousand for the top I think one. They sell it at my wife's restaurant. Um, he is awesome. We became pretty close friends, and uh, he's going to be down here. He's going to come on the show. He's going to bring some wine to he, taste. He brings wine everywhere he goes. Oh my god. And this god. guy is a cowboy. Uh, we we got along great. He's like you totally, have a cowboy that's a friend now. You have a cowboy friend. Now? Like what I'm saying is, he's like you know, he, well he's 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 like his dad was a, a wine growing farmer, so it's not like a guy who just got in. You know, right. He made a lot of money. Right. But he's like literally like a cowboy. He belongs in NRA. You know, um, he's like not your typical Californian. So mm-hmm. we had a lot of fun talking about life, uh, politics, children, um, and uh, just an ultra interesting guy. Cool. So um, yeah, he's gonna come on. He's gonna come on. We had a really good time. Actually, we we to be honest, we see how cool this guy was. Like I'm saying, I don't know who they, who they told him I was because everybody was just rolling out like some stupid red carpet. But we didn't make it to his tasting. Which which Nathan, our, the hotel manager, had booked for us like specifically. Okay. Brandy wasn't feeling well. We were a little burnt out. We kind of overscheduled. We learned a little bit about you know scheduling too many events, but so well I, you did. She didn't schedule. No, I did. Yeah. So I I, I we called him up. Said, look, my wife's not feeling well. You know, I'm going to take her back. She's going to crash. We went back to the hotel. Next thing I know, I get a call. Uh, Todd Anderson's in the lobby here for you. What? Yeah, he bought a whole bunch of wine and he bought cigars, not knowing I was a cigar guy even. And I came out with cigars, and we ended up like drinking and smoking for four and a half hours. It That's was, awesome. It was awesome. It was awesome. And uh, yeah, he, he's, he's got here. such a like an American name too, Tom Anderson. I'm telling you, you're gonna love this guy. And I said to him, I said, "When's the next time you're in Florida?" He goes, "Whenever you want me there." <laughs> that's, how, I mean, that's how he is. He's great. So. Does he does he live down here part of the no, time? Or something, he's or? probably got places all over. Because there's a there's a bunch of wine guys in our neighborhood. You know that, right? Like no. it, in Wellington. No. Yeah. The 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 owner of. Um, well, Stephanie would know the name. It's a very, very big Napa winery. He, they have a house there, and he we've we've been to his house for oh, a party. Wow. We got invited to, but giant mansion in Wellington that he goes to maybe one week out of the year. Well, we really, really enjoyed it. And I, I think we we've talked about making it like an annual trip for us if we can. It's just a nice place. Re- to go Stephanie away. wants to go so bad. Yep. We were supposed to go, and then she got pregnant, and then we were like, "Well, it's going to be wasted if we go." While you're pregnant. Definitely. Then she got pregnant again. Def- well, that's what kind of delayed a lot of our <laughs> trips. My wife was pregnant like for six years straight. But um, it was definitely a great experience. I'm glad we waited. And you're wine people, right? Or, I'm not that much. My, my wife is. Heavy, my yeah. wife's always been a wine. My wife used to drink wine every night until she got pregnant. Yeah. Like, when, you know, before we had kids. So she's always been into wine. But um, I'm, I'm a little bit now more into wine. Learned a lot about wine yeah. uh, this trip. And uh, There's yeah. a wine for you. Is what is what a lot of people that say they're not wine people is what you tell them because well, there's there's a taste for every palate in wine in in all seriousness. I, I'm not trying to sound no, goofy. I mean, look, 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 when you talk about cigars, a lot of people don't understand, especially if they're new. When you're talking about nuances of flavor and body and character, you know, I'm, I, you know, I don't get into all the silly characteristics of earth tones and leather right. and whatnot. I'm a little bit more, um, I'm, I'm more broader with my descriptions of a cigar. But um, I did learn a lot of the nuances of flavors and stuff. I really, really liked it. You know, normally I just would drink wine and say, "Okay, it tastes good. I like it." Right. You know, wasn't bitter, wasn't too harsh. You know, so um, I did learn a lot. But I was just more enamored with 
first of all, the beauty of the area. It's a gorgeous area. I've heard. We have a friend that lives there, it's too. Gorgeous. I, I've heard I it's mean, the most amazing place. It, it's gorgeous. And um, I, I like the time of year we went because it was a little bit after season, but it was fall and the leaves were all turning and there was a lot of cool stuff. But the people were just were genuinely awesome down there. I mean, it wasn't, everybody was so friendly and nice. And now I have the spinning top record in uh, Pennyweight. I saw that. In St. Helena. They must not have had what? too many... Oh, God, they, he doesn't know any of they this. Have, they, they have these engineered tops that are made like to spin perfectly in mm-hmm. a very long time. I guess the standing record was like three minutes and some seconds. Mm-hmm. So I spun it for three minutes and 48 seconds. Oh. So they made me sign a card with my time, and she's framing it and putting it on the wall. Wow. So my wife bought a, my wife bought a fountain pen from there. So he, he wasn't working right, so he came back the next day. I'm like, so I hear I have a signing today. You know, the, the lady was so sick of me. I made such a big deal out of it. She refused to take that picture. I'm like, come on, you're taking a picture. Yeah, she didn't look happy to take the picture. Yeah, she was actually super cool, but yeah, it was, it was a fun trip. So yeah, we're definitely going to go back. She's like, it's a gimmick, sir. Please stop and, and, telling people and about French it. French laundry is one of those things like, you know, you, where you kind of like talk about your whole life, eventually do it, and they're like, oh, what the hell is a big deal? No, it was... Met, I was going to ask you that. It met every expectation. So what is there? Some. There are and Michelin. some. Three star. Three star Michelin yeah, restaurant. Yeah, we went to a one star that was out there, the Arbouge de Soleil, which was very, very good. But it, I, I could tell you what the difference between one and three star is night and day because you get the one star based on your cuisine, yeah. right? the quality of the food. And two star is the decor, the ambience, the quality. And the three star is based on your, your operation, okay. right? how you operate the business. I saw teams of people working in such sync. It was unbelievable. Because, look, as an employer of, you know, a lot of people, it's, you know, you get a handful of guys who are on their game. But how yeah. do you get so many people that are on their game? Because the top of the top are working there. Right. Not one piece of silverware was left on the table for more than a second. Not one glass was empty for more than a second. The the sommelier was picking up the finished plates. Everybody was working in unison, mm-hmm. nonstop. They knew all our names. They had engraved a bottle of champagne for us because, once again, we got special treatment the, Whoever booked us up, you know. Jeez, if we ever go, I'll go with you guys. I'm telling you, <laughs> it was amazing. We got a beautiful tour of the cellars, which was retarded. They're so, I saw those pictures. So long, that, oh, my God. They, we, they took us in the back of the kitchen. We met all the chefs. Yeah. We, dude, they got just the chef just for the, the breads. Yeah. Oh, okay? yeah. I mean, like, they got a chef for the pastry. No, the Michelin breads, restaurants, they, yeah. They, it's it's mm-hmm. real they deal. They have man. china and silverware stored outside in these big cases, and they change their menu every day, which I find absurd because it's like a 15 course meal, right? Right. They change their menu every day, and they after they decide on the menu, then they pick the china and the presentation stuff and how based on what they're going to cook. Yeah, I mean, we got a really intensive uh, tour afterwards, and the process of just the, just think about how much invent how much how many millions of dollars in inventory they have to have to run a place. Doesn't like matter, that. dude. They rack it up every night. But think about the prices that. are just absurd and ridiculous. But you know, who do you eating, so wait? All right, who's eating there every day? What do you? I, I mean, if I had the money to, maybe I would. I don't, I don't think know. you get in every day. Yeah. Well, if you have the money, maybe. Maybe it's just hard. What do you What do you pay for a dinner? The The base entry rate is about three fifty a plate. What? <laughs> That's not as high as I thought. That's insane. You're not it's getting ex- out for three fifty. Not right. in your wildest dreams. What did you What did you end up with? Not saying. Come on, man. Not saying. Why? What are you too not good saying. to explain it's, to people? No. You don't want to seem hoity toity. Just in your business. Two thousand. Not saying. Am Fire! I close? Fire! Not saying. Let me put it this way: If you're drinking wine, um, oh, that's half true. bottles. Yeah, that's true. I didn't half even think bottles. Of that. Half bottles. They're recommending when you sit down. A few hundred bucks. Yeah, two to three to four hundred dollars yeah. for half bottles. Right. Yeah. So I mean, it's it it, and then there's upgrades on the menu, right? So like three different sections of the 15 course menu, you you either get what comes with it, and like the, there was an upgrade. So like 
they, they had a macaroni and cheese where the upgrade was 175 bucks. What was the Sorry, upgrade? Truffle? A whole, not, not a whole truffle. Oh. I got a picture. Oh. You should see the, they literally take a truffle the size of my fist and shave the whole thing down. I've right in front seen, of you. Oh, yeah. Oh, they, that's awesome. They, they, first off, they bring a box, a humidor. It's actually a humidor. It's, yep. it's a cigar humidor filled with truffles. So even if you're three tables away. Do you get to pick it? No. But even when you're three tables away and they open up this box, you, all should, you, smell. you smell it. Oh. Then he takes it out and he literally shaves like a whole truffle, like the size of my. I've fist never, down. yeah, I've there's never. There's a wagyu, wagyu beef upgrade, you know. So there's upgrades and there's stuff, but but let me taste something. I mean, I don't know if this was for everybody. I know they don't make an engraved bottle of you know champagne for everybody, but we went home with like a goodie bag of stuff. They have these, um, they have these chocolate truffles that are just retardedly disgustingly good and all flavors and the flavors are printed at the bottom. Like people are, So the guy comes out with like a humidor box or got a bunch of different... <laughs> oh, goats. I saw this too. Yes. They were gorgeous. They, they packed this up a 20 count to go home. Wow. Yeah, and then shortbread cookies. And, Did and you eat them in bed? No, we see the truffles. We brought them home untouched for the kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the kids, because they're so beautifully That's decorated on the outside, you know? But then there were shortbread cookies in there. The clothespin with the French laundry and where it says French laundry on one side and the other side says it says all it's all about the finesse. The amount of thought that goes into every nook and cranny of a restaurant like that, that's what makes it a I love that though, because it's it's about it's literally about it's not just the food. I mean the food is huge and amazing. No, but food it's gets that, you one star. It's the experience. Yes. Food yeah, gets I you like one that. star. And you know what's funny, you know why it's called French laundry? No. It was a laundromat. Oh really? Yes. There was a laundromat there. I mean I've huh. obviously heard of it. And now you yeah. know. There was a laundromat. Huh. It used to be a laundromat. There. I saw yeah. that they have the clothespins on the on the napkins. The when napkins you walk when in, you yeah. first come in. Everything, dude. Everything yeah, from the cool. moment you walk in is just like re- crazy, crazy thought and presentation. So we waited many, many years because uh, you know his brother used to be one of our patrons. That's okay. I knew you had a connection. Yeah, to but I haven't them seen him somehow. in six years. Okay. So uh, like we always figured when we go, we'd reach out to him. I haven't seen the guy in six years. You know, people move. Yeah. You know, they, they move, they stop smoking, whatever happened. But somebody else, actually, I won't even mention their name because I don't want them to get bombarded with a lot of requests, but somebody else actually really hooked us up because when we were telling people in town, like, you know, we planned this trip and we ate there, they were like, really? Somebody in the cigar industry? Nope. Oh, no? Maybe. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I, well, I'm then not I, giving... Did you post that person? Because no. you posted no. a name. No. Okay. Because you Say thanked it! someone at no, one point. I, well, there were people who helped me out, like Pete helped me out because I knew he was just there. Michael Herklotz really connected me with Nathan at the hotel, right. like, who gave us, like, I mean, that, the room that we had, Vineyard View, right outside our back patio with the fireplace. That's the room I want every time I go. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So, and they have a big event. I, I change May. it. I can't afford to go with you. They had, already... <laughs> they, that's why I said, if we had gone 15 years ago, we would not have been able you, to and enjoy you it. Have, and you probably wouldn't have, even if you could have afforded it at the time, you pro- you wouldn't have spent it at that time, I don't I think. I would have like, spent it, or I would have, I would have had a heart attack afterwards. Right, exactly. Like, crying for the next 12 <laughs> months, paying for it. Yeah. And it's as them. I mean, we went to town, and my wife would buy stuff every time we go to town. Cool yeah. stuff. I mean, I mean, we spent, we spent a lot of money, but like I said, I'm glad we waited that long. It was really a nice trip, and um, we loved it. So I, it, it was That's great. one of the nicest trips I can remember us having on my wife, honeymoon. My wife was, every every post that you had, my wife was, commenting on the wineries and this she's like we have that at our restaurant that bottle is this they uh, this is what they have like she she obviously knows the wineries out there really well but she was uh she was fascinated by all your posts she's like he did it right i, I got a lot of advice because like i didn't know nothing going on well when we go i'll talk to you and yeah Randy. yeah and, and i can put you in touch with some really nice people that's awesome they're all very well interconnected like after the balloon ride there was a napa downtown napa cigar shop and i wanted to go there 
but they didn't open because the balloon ride finished early. So we ended up having to go back in town. Well, that guy who owned the shop, um, Eric, I believe his name was, showed up for dinner. Huh. And the okay. first, and the first thing he says to me when he walks up to me he goes, "You look the best out of the three. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously he knew who I was and thought I looked the best out of the three in drag. But uh, ended up being a very nice guy. We met him and his wife because he, he bought the cigars for the dinner that night. Yeah, for the cigar dinner at the hotel. Yeah, he bought the cigar. Been... He's the, he's a local tobacco. Uh, Were there any cigars that he brought that you weren't familiar with? No, no, because uh, this is like a Nat Sherman sponsored event. Oh, okay. So it's okay. You know, my, uh, Michael has a real good relationship with the hotel, right? So he bought Nat Sherman cigars. Okay, but um, I was gifted a lot of cigars there from uh, some of the owners. Uh, the two owners who own the hotel, they're big cigar guys. Okay. So there's this very famous shop in England. I think he's the first Habano store. He's an Indian guy. Uh, Sanj? AJ. AJ. See, you know, get in the mic so we yeah, can hear go, you. Go, oh, wait, wait. Yeah, we haven't introduced yes. our guest, but. Yes. Akila Regis Cigars is here for our Mitra Maker. Akil. Wait, so, Akil. So, Akil, so, Akil, you so, actually know You know AJ. Well, he's real, supposed to be real famous. AJ oh. in the shops. Yeah. Um, Don't be afraid of it. Up, uh, try and get my head in it. You know? There you go. Yeah. No, I know, I know AJ. Hello, everyone. Okay, so AJ comes huh. down the for one week, uh, one week a year, and he brings all these Cuban cigars, and he has very limited, rare stuff. Right. And they do a three day cigar festival at this hotel, and, and it's going to be in May, first week of May, this upcoming year, and it's all huh. Cuban cigars and all vintage stuff. A lot of cool stuff, but AJ I wonder brings if a lot of stuff and it. brings stuff stuff that and they sell. I mean, I don't know how they get away with it, but hey, God bless them. But mm. Napa's like that kind of town. I mean, it's just. It was a lot of fun, and I don't want to take up this whole show talking about my cool. trip, but literally, I just got off the plane like a couple hours ago, so it was a great time. Yeah, I, I, it's funny that Adam doesn't even know about it, because he's... He, why are you covered in beer over there? I, can we see that on the camera? We can't. This is not beer. I'm going to put it on my camera. Is, oh, it's not beer? No, no, no. Pete bought me some pretty wild... I've seen these all, so, and I, I don't think I've ever tried any of them. <laughs> our he, friend uh, Pete Hernandez? Yes, he bought me some <laughs> sodas this morning. Which I'll have him go in depth and explain. Yeah, what what do you what got these here, are Pete? here? Well, these are just sodas that we grew up in, grew up with, living in Miami. Uh, I had a conversation with Abe uh, a couple years back where I pointed out the things that I thought were the best inventions of the 20th century: air conditioning, <laughs> for one, and uh, the other one was a fax machine. And Abe said, "And soda." You know what? And every- I, I, I would say people who invented air conditioning and soda should have gotten a Nobel Prize. <laughs> So whenever I have pizza or whatever, I drink soda. Actually, I think about his comment always because I love soda. Right. Right. So um, so I've always wanted to bring up soda. I brought over materva. These are all Cuban sodas. Now, what is materva? What kind it's of flavor? Uh, materva is a... Uh, the root? It's a root. Well, okay. it's, no, it's, uh, it's a grass. Ma- it's the mate. The, okay. Oh, like mate. Like, like in South America, a lot of people drink mate as a tea. As a tea. Okay. Right. So the Cubans made it, had a lot of sugar. Carbonation made it a soda. Nice. And iron beer... I haven't read what it says in the back, but it's a very taste. It reminds me of chocolate, but I know it's not chocolate. It's very earthy, but sweet and delicious. And uh, and jubinha. Does that say a mule-drawn thing on the back of this thing? Hold on. I'm ready to Why don't you read it there, uh, Adam? On a summer's afternoon in 1917, <laughs> a mule-drawn wooden wagon arrived at a popular cafeteria in Havana, Cuba. It delivered the first four cases of a new soft drink that would soon be called the National Beverage. Now, more than 80 years later, Iron Beer is still enjoyed for its refreshing flavor with just a hint of island spices. A lot can change over the years, but not the original flavor of Iron Beer. And there you have it. <laughs> and we also have Jupina, which is a, a pineapple soda. Uh, but they're all very delicious and very sweet. 
I guess every country has their national sodas, and those are ours from Cuba, made right here in Miami. Well, my kids, Peter are, my kids and I will be enjoying this. I'm sure you will. Start sure. repping. Let me know which one you like, and I'm sure and you'll be running around more. like crazy. Yes. Hopped up on sugar. That's so, pretty cool. That's like when you go to Epcot and you visit Club Cool and try sodas from around the world. Well, we did that at the, the Coca-Cola Museum Yeah, in, the, Oh, in that's way more there, too. Oh, I it's bet. so cool. But, I mean, just figure out you have to wash the bottom of your shoes for like a day or so afterwards. Yeah. That floor is so sticky. Yeah, well. People are, as we learned this morning, people are inconsiderate. So, as <laughs> I learned Look this at Paul. morning. Paul's all, Paul's all jaded. He got Bringing dinged. it back to himself. Because he got dinged. So, Akil, this is this is not your first... Is it your first time in studio? Yep. I, I, don't, I think it's his first time on the show, no? Yeah, I was, uh, I've seen it done before at the uh, shop uh, when I was smoking a cigar there. But, uh, oh, you, so you just on. happened to be there as a guest? Yeah. Oh, well, okay. I, I wasn't on the show. I just came for a free coffee. You know? Okay. <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> You know, a boys leave. Boy, me. now I know why you hang out with Pete. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so three is I, for me, I'll take three. I didn't get notes, but I have notes on Akil because he has a, a pretty interesting well, should we beginning. Take a quick break. You want to take a break? And then come back in say. and break into our meet your maker. Yeah, yeah that's fine. That Let's was my that. thought as well. So we're gonna take a and there were beer here too. Yes, and Kevin. Kevin is here from uh, Barrel Monks will be here nice. as well. Uh, Till then, and as always, keep it lit. You're listening to KMA Talk Radio. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter. We're on Instagram too. Yes, it's mandatory. Experience the new Henry Clay Warhawk, a robust and complex cigar that's inspired by the rebellious roots of Henry Clay. The first of a three-part series honoring the life of the great statesman, this cigar is made with the best tobaccos grown and hand-rolled by the Grupo de Maestros at La Flor de Copen in Honduras. And it's not your typical Connecticut. This is a Henry Clay. Stand up, be different, and smoke a Warhawk. Surgeon General Warning, cigar smoking can cause cancer to the mouth and throat even if you do not inhale. Hello, this is Glenn Case, owner of Christoph Cigars. There's nothing more important to me than family. That's why I treasure the moments with my wife, Terry, and our son, Christopher, a.k.a. Christoph. When we have those rare moments to talk about life, there's nothing better than smoking Christoph to enhance our time together. For Terry, it's our Christoph Sweet Tip Cuban Selection. For Chris, our Sumatra, and for me, our original Maduro. Enhance your family time with Christoph Cigars. The Oliva family, the makers of some of the most affordable yet highest rated premium cigars available. For seven straight years, Cigar Aficionado has rated Oliva as one of the best cigars of the year. And Oliva has a cigar for all smokers. From the newly released Gilberto Oliva Reserva to the bold and rich Oliva Siri V. Oliva cigars can be found at a tobacconist near you. So always ask for Oliva, an unbeatable value and uncompromising quality. The Oliva family of cigars. The recently released Perdomo Double Age 12-Year Vintage is an extremely rare blend of Perdomo's finest and most cherished 12-year-old fillers, binders, and wrappers. Bale aged for 10 years and then barrel aged. In bourbon barrels for an additional two years, these exquisite Nicaraguan tobaccos are bursting with rich, complex flavors. Offered in Connecticut, Sun-Grown, or Maduro, available at only 250 authorized tobacconists worldwide, the Perdomo Double-Aged 12-Year Vintage is a must-have for every cigar enthusiast. Hey, this is Clay from La Plena Cigar Company. My likes and dislikes, long walks in the park, old-school gangster films, wrestling grizzly bears with Abe. Dislikes, smelly feet, flight attendants with an attitude, and Friday afternoon traffic. What I know you will like is the La Polina family of fine cigars, such as Mr. Sam, Bronze Label, and our highly rated classic series. But let's not forget the limited edition Goldie. Quality forever, La Polina Cigars. 
Placencia Cigars has been one of the world's leading growers of first-class tobacco since 1865. Today, Nestor Placencia Sr., together with the fifth generation of the Placencia family, continue the legacy. With over 3,000 acres of quality tobacco fields, they are makers of quality cigars, including Alma Fuerte, ranked among the top 10 cigars in major publications. Find them in your local premium tobacconist stores around the country. Placencia Cigars, perfected for more than 150 years. Yours to enjoy now. Looking for something unique and awesome? Smoke Oscar Valdaris Cigars, 2012 Connecticut, 2012 Corojo, 2012 Maduro, the Oscar Habano, the Oscar Maduro, My Way, and our latest creation, Oscar Valdaris Cicerone Edition. A great cigar that comes in five different collectible boxes with an amazing exclusive artwork. Remember, Oscar has something unique and awesome waiting for you. Ask for Oscar Cigars in your favorite cigar shop. Keep the party going all week long at the world-famous Spearmint Rhino, West Palm Beach. Every Sunday, Monday, and Wednesday, enjoy $3 premium drinks from the bar till midnight. Magnum Mondays means $100 Magnums of Belvedere and Moet Brut until midnight. Get your thrills every $10 Tuesday with $10 dances all day and night. Ladies, don't miss Women Crush Wednesdays with half off your cover charge. No matter the time of day, it's always a good time at Spearmint Rhino, West Palm Beach. Welcome back. You're listening to KMA Talk Radio. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter. We're on Instagram, too. Yes, it's mandatory. Welcome back to KMA Talk Radio. We're broadcasting live here the 23rd of November. I'm Adam Gay, the Brewmeister. With me, of course, Mr. Honest Abe. Hello. And uh, Paul. I'm looking for my notes because I asked I you to get them. You, you I gave, gave them to me. I left them there. You didn't leave them in the spot I like. Look how much better I look with a hat on. I you, know. My it's poor amazing. wife. You know, I, I feel like I'm going to have to unfriend Ronnie Haysha. Why? Because I just feel like he's stalking me. I agree. He's absolutely stalking yeah, you. He's totally stalking me. He's not the only one, though. No, no. He's pretty much out there. Like, everywhere. Like, even today. He's, he's like, like that with everybody, over. though. He's He comments on everything everywhere. I, there's no way he does work during the day. That's what I'm saying. There's absolutely no way. There's just too much time. Yeah. yeah. I agree. He's just, yeah. I'm just starting to freak me out a little bit. You know? Anyway, it's I dope. think he's a little too Habibi. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, it's now time for to be our favorite part of the show. I want all of you to get up out of your chairs. I want you to get up right now and go to the window, open it, and stick your head out and yell. It's time to meet your maker. By the way, you did a great job uh, writing this outline. Paul. I know. I realized that just now. It's, yeah. I have the wrong intro. Sarcasm. Yes. So I can do a great update from you. last week. And now yeah. you know how it feels like working with you on a regular basis. Thanks. Yes. Do I get a paper? No, you don't get a paper. Akil from Review Cigars. Akil, thank you for being here. From uh, started out as an investment banker for over about a year and a half until you actually quit. Yeah, didn't well, like investment banking, huh? Well, you know the truth is, you know, I got fired from two jobs. Ah, what? Why? Well, you know, this, 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 this is a great industry when you don't make it anywhere else. You just right. start making cigars. That's... Well, no, you know, I did okay, but um... were you a bad investment banker? No, I. Well, you know, I was doing things I shouldn't have been doing. I wasn't <laughs> doing things I should have been doing. Okay. But again, you know, it was the financial crisis, and you know, they decided to. Uh, you know, I'm not. I'm not gonna. What year are we talking? 2009. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. So I, you know, you're not paying me enough to. Right. Sit there for 12 So hours. when you were, and this was in London? Yeah. 
So while you were there, you had be did you become a cigar smoker because you were working in the financial industry, or, or had you been a cigar smoker first? It's a, it's a good question, actually. I smoked uh, my first cigar uh, with uh, my then English teacher. Oh wow! Uh, yeah, at fourteen, you know, I was fourteen years old at university. <laughs> Oh, no, no 14. Yeah, 14. I mean, back in the day, now, you, you know, you get arrested for that. Yeah, I was going yeah. to... <laughs> okay, hold on, hold on. Rewind. It wasn't yeah. that long hold ago. Hold on, hold on. I'm just trying to think of the scenario in which a teacher <laughs> yeah. could offer you <laughs> a cigar at 14 years well, old. Like it was, we, it was like mm. in the locker room after no, no, a shower. No, no, no. <laughs> here you go. I mean, I, like I'm a little curious. Sounds like we're setting up a bed. Well, I'm just a little curious at the setting because it's an odd setting. Mm. Uh-huh. Well, no, it was... It, it, yes, uh, very, very good, sir. Very good. No, it was. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was on a. Uh, it was on a school trip, and uh, there was a few of the guys that were there, and it was an upman in the tube, and you know, I smoked a little bit of it, and it was. Uh, yeah, it was agreeable. Shall we? Okay, so so so, you're on a school trip. He's one of the chaperones. Yeah. And there's other students there. Right. Other right. teachers. It was a. I, I can't remember I, because we ended up in a pub, like with a bunch of. Oh us. my god! Yeah. The story's getting better now. What the hell is going 14, on over there? Please the tell me you got yourself ended a up in a pub. Yeah, it was. You know, we're having a few drinks and uh, at fourteen. Yeah, I during mean, a school trip. Yeah, it was after. You know, where did I go to school? Akil, <laughs> man, you're I not. Missed out I don't think school. you're much older than me. How old are you? I'm thirty-two now. Okay, so yeah. you're younger than me. So you right. were able to go into a pub. It was different times, man. I swear to God. It was he's different saying, times. I grew did, up in the same he's time. Say, he's saying they didn't care that he was 14. In wow. Yeah, because, see, see, the thing was, at that time, they weren't, like, IDing people. It was just a completely, you know... They figured if you were man enough to walk in and order a drink, you deserved it. But this yeah. was like... I mean, I mean, we were ordering pints of Guinness at 17, you know, like, they were letting... Wow. Off. Remember, the drinking age in England's 18. Right, it's 18, yeah. but still 14 is... Yeah, but no one was enforcing I was buying it. beer in this country at... Oh, I don't know. Yeah, but you probably looked like you were 30 years old or 12. <laughs> this freshman year? I mean, how old are you at freshman? 14? Yeah, I was 14. Yeah. 14 too. Yeah. But, you know, it wasn't an everyday thing, but, you know, it was... This man was very uh, cerebral. He was a renaissance man, as you guys said. Obviously. <laughs> so, so... Kind of oh, like Pete there. <laughs> so, so he offered you a drag of his cigar. Is that what it was? No, uh, it was. He just had some, and he was passing them out. And other guys were doing it. Well, them because too. because see, the problem was you know, the teachers weren't even supposed to smoke, right? Yeah. This was before the smoking ban. So he right, lights. But they're up. of legal age, right? I but, mean, so he lights up, and then you know a bunch of impressionable kids. What do we do? Oh, give me some of that, you know. And he ha starts handing out H. Upmans in the silver tube, and that's great. Yeah, what a boss. What? They sound like a great guy. I yeah, mean, great, really great guy. Actually, he was. I'm sure you got teacher. an A. Well, actually, I did. But you can't, even get, you can't even get. You can't even get peanut butter in school now. No, yeah. no. passing out each other. I went to the wrong school. <laughs> I think we were in the wrong country. Seriously. <laughs> but yeah, so it was the petite corner of the two. But again, it was you know it was one of the teachers I actually got along with. Uh, you know, I, I uh, didn't didn't really like school very much, but. Uh, and then again at university, I I discovered uh, you know the uh, pot, no not pot, oh. not, well, other things, but yeah, you know the the beauty of a good libation and a cigar. So okay, oh. so you so you started pretty young with cigars, and so I mean, so you had already right. been into the to cigars. I feel like I'm in an FBI interrogation here. Oh, we haven't started. Yeah. Wait, till, <laughs> wait till we bring in the lights. <laughs> <laughs> so. 
I wasn't smoking them every day or even every week. It was, right. No one's judging. Yeah, it was we're an occasion. Interviewing. Right, you know. No, we're not judging at all. We like right. to hear the the personal we story. Like we how only you judge got... Paul in this room. Oh, okay. Exactly. But so, you know, it's it's you know on, on public record now. So one it's all right. It just makes yeah, you look so cool. The statute of limitations has expired. Yeah. <laughs> so what, you said you, so, said you anyway. discovered the art of a libation. What was your libation at the time? Um, it was Scotch. I've always been a Scotch. Really, drink. that young? When well, eighteen, nineteen years old. Yeah, it's pretty young. I was still drinking Mad Dog, I think, in 1819 <laughs> in Boone's Farm. Yeah, I guess that's like Stella. Where we're at, <laughs> the yeah. difference between no, that. worse. Really? <laughs> worse. Way worse. Yeah, it's way Am worse. I allowed to swear on this? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you can now. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Excuse my French. But. It's okay. Okay, yeah. just calm down. <laughs> um, yeah, no, so uh, Scotch was my beverage of choice and, uh, you know, really got into that. And uh, you know, it's just really nice, bit of water in it, very sweet, very creamy. Caramel notes. You know? Oh, I agree. I, I like yeah. scotch, but I it's hard to drink down here now that I live in Florida. Well, the trick is put you're, you're supposed to put a little water in it to open it up. Right. In warm places, I put some ice, and I know that's sacrilegious, but a couple of cubes. I I'm, I might try that. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not like super pure about it, but I I love scotch on a cold cold yeah. night. There's well, nothing uh, like that on the first so, cold night. A little bit of scotch. Agreed. So so if you actually put ice in the scotch, you'll see the ethers. You know from. The barrel really the ethers very smart i like it <laughs> i don't know if i am but i get yeah. out to drink <laughs> well so but yeah no the reason i got into the um, the cigar business yes is, that's where yeah. i want to go well first how did you right. find your way into the financial world well okay so i went to university in the uk i uh, you know I, I happened to be you know lucky i guess and uh or, you know went to cambridge and uh mm. you know decided that uh, the best place to make money <clears throat> quickly was the finance business. At, yeah, at that time. Yeah, so, you know, everyone's going out working. For so you really didn't sit back and think, hmm, what do I want to do for it? You just say, where can I make money quickly? And that, well, that was your... See, the thing is, I realized that if I could get in and out for a few years, then, yeah, I could, I've got the rest of the time to do, do what I you want. want. Right. Mm. So I wish I would have thought that way. Well, the truth is... You let so, people get away from you. Yeah, you get You're about as sad as it gets. Get into a <laughs> car crash, you know? But yeah, no, so then um, it didn't pan out, honestly, the way I wanted because, you know, they started deferring bonuses and, you know, the, the whole environment changed after the crash because everyone was pissed off about it. Right, nobody's getting $20 million yeah. Christmas bonuses anymore. Kind right? of why the crash happened. But well, yeah. right. well, well, exactly. So I realized... <laughs> yeah, that's what led up to it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, so I realized pretty quickly, you know, you're going to work, let's say you retire at 60, which doesn't happen these days, but you work for 40 years, 250 days a year, right? So you're working 10,000 days in your life, allegedly, you know, so you might as well do something you enjoy. Um, and I was lucky in that, yeah, I got into the cigar business, a bit of a, you know, jape, if you will, you know? Jape? Yeah, I love, oh. you know, mm. so, but it turned out actually to be quite successful and, you know, I feel really blessed that. Is I'm it successful for you? Because uh, a lot of people who are in this, it, everybody thinks everybody makes a lot of money. They don't realize, like, especially when you're a smaller or younger company, it's not very profitable for a very long time. Um, so I mean, I mean, yeah. So, you, so I was a bit of a strange case, I guess, because I can. Definitely no, you're still see, strange case, mm -hmm. but <laughs> yeah, you know, you're still a strange case. Good to be here. Thanks. But no, we don't have any. <laughs> Yeah, so, listen, nobody wants a boring guest. Oh, I so, get, I got yeah, it. These are all compliments. Uh, trust yeah. me. Yeah. No. So. Um, yeah. Uh, we were profitable day one. The reason is because yeah, why um, we were selling a lot of cigars in the UK. Now I can see in America, you know, business is different. What made your cigars popular in the UK? Because when you when you get outside the US, mm. pretty much if your brand's not Cuban, it's not very well known or even warmly received. Unless you, I mean, listen, we we ship a lot overseas, so there are the 
cigar connoisseurs who really are looking for those outside of Cuba flavors. There's a lot of nerds out there now that really want to. I mean, they're just really passionate guys. But if you travel and you go to stores outside, there's Cubans everywhere. I mean, first off, you're lucky if a shop has anything other than Cubans, and if it does, it's like a little bit, right? So, what made your cigar so popular? It's a good question, actually. So, I think that there's two elements of this. One is flavor profiles and stuff. So. New World cigars generally, <clears throat> you know, Dominicans, Nicaraguan, this that kind of thing, they tend to have a different flavor profile, so they tend to start off a bit peppery, uh, they ha- they're a bit stronger and stuff. Um, <clears throat> so what I wanted to do was make something more traditional, you know, more a bit smoother, a bit more nuanced, you know. It's a, sim- say, say it's a di- similar difference between, for example, a Pinot Noir from New Zealand and a Burgundy, right? So Are you a wine guy too? I like wine, yeah. So it's mm. the same grape, right? Similar grape, but you can definitely see... You know the differences in terms of the terroir and all that kind of stuff, but yeah, again, you know, it's in the blend. It's not the country. That's what I say. And the second thing is the price. So if you can get a better product at a better price, I think you're you're going to do okay because a lot of the Cubans at the time, you know, were spending fifty, sixty pounds, which is right now I think it's like eighty, eighty or ninety dollars <coughs> on a cigar, and it's plugged. You know, that doesn't make well, sense. Well, that but was got- one of his other things that he yeah. said like one out of every five. Cigars that you would get and, uh, in London would be well. The quality, the quality control. I'm not. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not. I'm it's not, definitely not the level of a lot of the other producing and, countries. Right. And, right and, now, and but, listen, you know, we're not here to you know take shots at no, no. You know, anyone else. But don't need to. Right. But 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 you your cigars also had to have a significant duty coming into the country, don't they? Yeah. Um, so that you know the tax is by weight, and I think your average robusto is about four bucks, five bucks. So let me ask something: Is the tax for the Cigars coming in, your cigars coming in, equivalent the same as the tax on the Cuban cigars coming in. Correct. Okay, so so that didn't put you at an advantage or disadvantage. Well, I think the Cubans because it's um, I, I, there's some sort of trade preference that. The That's what I was asking. Did you did you suffer right. because you don't have a? You, no, no, no. Well, well, actually, it's the other way around. I think when you're bringing in Cubans, I think you have to pay a, a few percentage, few, few points more because you know it's. They they categorize the country differently in terms. Okay, of, so you, you know, have a little advantage on the yeah, import. But it's, it's tiny, minimal. It's mm. minimal, yeah. But again, you know, we compete on quality and price, and you know, when you do that and you do it consistently, you know, I, you know, Nesta Placencia, where we make the cigars, you know, really good friend of mine. You know, we've known each other many many years. I trust him implicitly, and you know, again, when you've got that consistency of production coming out, and you you know take care of your people, then I think that that's a good good way to do business so you know really an unknown guy not traditionally comes from a family who's traditionally been in the business why why were you successful right away you said you were profitable from day one why did people how first of all how did you market it because so, even just letting people know that there's a new brand they never heard of is is a hurdle for a lot of these up up-and-coming companies so how did you overcome the, that the market in england is <clears throat> definitely less uh there's there's less choice Obviously, because the market's a lot smaller. I think the market for cigars in the UK is about 2 million cigars a year. Here, it's 320 million. And remember, we've got 65 million people, right? So it's about the fifth of the size of this country. So firstly, the market's a lot smaller, so no one's trying to compete in that space. And secondly, I was very fortunate because the salesmen that um, we ran into, you know, worked for Davidoff when they were rolled in Havana. You know, his name's John Danton. He was a colleague with Simon Chase uh, over at Hunters and Frankow. And um, he's built a little sales force, and, you know, he's, he had the relationships and stuff, and people really supported the line. You know, my first customer was uh, Edward Sahakian at Davidoff in, on St. James's, and 
you know jj fox the ritz all of these guys really support us and you know it's i think it's it's still you know however you cut it abe it's still a relationship business. of course you know? did, did, they, did they feel because you're a local too that they wanted to see somebody you know local do yeah well? I, I think there's an element of that and the fact that i spend a lot of time there obviously i'm from there you know i sit in the no and, yeah really know, you think i would have never, <laughs> never got yeah, it really <laughs> do, you yeah, watch, so, do you watch the crown uh no <laughs> people, people from great britain don't watch it you know no one watches downton abbey the crown you know one of my friends got married in that castle right and i didn't even know what the hell it was really yeah. <laughs> i didn't even I, see know i'm what like it a, i'm like a Britcom fanatic but i like the old stuff like yeah, being served exactly, and, and faulty yeah. towers yeah. but not, well, not really the new stuff uh, no it's definitely the german jokes you know i was at the <laughs> yes. Luf- i was at the lufthansa lounge in detroit airport yesterday and um it was pretty crazy because you know it, it's, it's sort of part of the course you know like people were queuing up to go in i said yeah let's go over the top you know you know the German jokes. Right. Pe- people were genuinely a bit perturbed by this. <laughs> so German, Germans don't have a sense of humor. Well, yeah. Yeah. well, you know, I mean, they're serving sauerkraut in the lounge. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of thinking, okay, right, you know, and people are cringing. Deutschland über alles. Or something. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, am I allowed to say this? Uh, <laughs> yeah, why not? Uh, you know, German listeners. Yeah. So, so I love the Germans. So, uh-huh. <laughs> can we get back to cigars? Hey, yeah, sorry. sauerkraut. Um, sorry. Yeah, here, Paul. Sorry, um, no. I got the signal. No, I got so, off track. Um, so your cigars were well received yeah, well yeah. in England. How, how long were, were, was your brand in the UK before you decided so, to say, "Hey, let me try the American market," right. which, of course, is flooded with competition. Right. So two years in the UK, we were selling in Hong Kong uh, before we were selling here, um, and then got into the U- US market because Davidoff in new york and uh, michael herklotz actually funny mention him again you know great guy great one, guy one of my you know good friends in the cigar business you know davidoff in london had it so he you know brought it in over there in new york city and nat sherman and davidoff were, were my first customers out here huh some pretty high high ranking stores to start out in you know it, in well big city. it's 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 competitive but again it's like i do but i do think yeah okay there's a lot more marketing and a lot more promotions and a lot more things other than cigars <clears throat> that make a difference in this market but i do think if you have a good product you know you, you get there and people buy it so are you selling more in the uk than you are in the u.s no i'm selling a lot more in the u.s really but um, the margins are a lot less, and the reason again is you're spending a lot more money here. Yeah, I mean you have a to a lot more money. You have to market the product. Just feeding him alone has to break the oh, budget. I, I took him to Burns in Tampa. Oh That's God! Right. Oh, I love Why? That. Oh, God. Talk about a oh, wine seller. You know, I, I tell you something, right? There's a waiter called Drew, right? And he's our waiter. He's our boy at Burns. You know, and it's uh, no, we we've had some good meals. I tell you that. Oh, I bet. <laughs> I bet. So let me ask yeah, something. Sorry. When you don't finish your steak, does he finish it for you? <laughs> don't lie. Don't I, lie. You know what, Abe? I've got a video. Don't, right? yeah, don't lie. Do I, am I on point? Does he finish your food when you don't finish? You know what? This, because looking at you, you, I thought he was keto. No, I thought you were. Looking, steak. Look, I can eat steak. Oh, okay. Wait, looking, you can eat that. No offense. No offense. But looking at you, you seem like yeah. a guy who doesn't finish all oh, your I'll, meals. No, no. I'll put it away, Abe. I'll challenge so it. I, yeah, I, but one day. Hold on. So, so, yeah, right. So you're telling uh, me... That, you take me to Gibson's or Luger's. So, uh, so you know. answer my question then. So he's never finished one of your meals? Yeah, not at a proper restaurant. Sometimes okay. I don't like something. Wait, 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 I have to get back to the hotel for, for breakfast. Hey, you know, has he, he ever finished one of your meals? <laughs> he's, 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 he's finished a couple. A couple, you know, yeah. You know, we go sure. to uh, Jimmy P's up in uh, near... 
Naples, uh, yeah. And uh, we've, you know, I've got some videos of Pete causing incidents, and it's they're, they're definitely entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> Likes the videotape. Good thing he's not on Facebook. <laughs> no, you, you're not on Facebook either. No, no, Smart I like man. my privacy. Yeah, but nice. no, I mean it's um, privacy sounds so much better than privacy. The whole, oh, I mean, sorry. it is their language. I know. Well, I, I love it. I, I love privacy. Know. I'm, I'm going to start using that word. We should just speak in a British accent from now on. Brilliant. It'll sound so Please much smarter. Don't. You know what's, you know what's funny? My kids have like accent day in the house. Oh my. Yeah, we do. I used to do it all the time. My kids have a day where they speak all Russian accents, oh, all English accents. And Petra's good at it, actually. Petra's really, I've, I've done really it good with her it. before, yeah. You know? You know, say rise up lights. Rise up lights. You're saying say that's, rise that, up that, lights? That's razor blades in Australian. Rise up lights. Ah, see? Rise up lights. Uh, rise up lights. Wow. They're going to still give me some rise up lights. <laughs> see? <laughs> they actually watch videos on Google. Wow. Yeah, on how to. To learn. There's other words where, like, if you say it in English, it's that. Accent. Yeah, people you know, do that push. for shows. Yeah, rise, they, up, they rise up lights. They go to razor blades. They go rise to up lights. There you go. And the Dedication. more you know. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about the actual cigars themselves. Sure. There's, there's, Did you there, bring any? Are there four lights? Well, we can't smoke in here, so. Did, we have cameras, man. I really like don't to take know your pictures, brand. Yeah. Oh, right. not bring, you guys came to a radio show to promote your cigars. And it's you not like you bring any cigars. Pete, it's not oh, like it's your first time. <laughs> you, yeah, what is the matter with you? He brought the soda. Forgot all about the soda. The soda was the most important right. thing. Oh, I, I'm, just, I'm just here for the weather. The right. door locks automatically. Yeah. So just tell yeah, him the you're going lock, out. Yeah, there might be a, there might be some listeners who actually don't know the brand. We it's might want to show it to them. He's got one over there somewhere. Uh, all right. So yeah, but he had it in his mouth, so we don't want to touch it. Che- <laughs> Listen, if it was a cheeseburger, there was no way he'd forget it. <laughs> promise you. Also true. Well, so there's a there's a couple of different uh, labels. So there's there's are there four different lines? There's like eight. Now. There's eight. So the ones. Eight? That I, oh my god. I had what? no. So the ones that I have listed here are Black Label, mm-hmm. Selection, uh, say of Orchant, or- or- Yeah, Mitchell Orchant is uh, actually talking about AJ. Mitchell Orchant's actually the biggest seller of Cubans in the UK. Oh, oh okay. really? Okay. And he's and he's the so guy who's got the real title by AJ. Uh, he's got the Mitchell's got the real stuff. To be honest, with really? You. Yeah. And he's got the you know he gives me a Davidoff number two every time like I go back and see him. And stuff. So then there's also White Label and yeah. Exclusive O USA. D- so d- what d- other? Does what are AJ we... carry your brands? Yeah. Okay. Um, well, he, 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 Mitchell's carries some stuff, uh, most most of it, to be honest. Right, good. And Mitchell's, you know, my biggest customer in the UK. There you go. Um, but again, it's um, so I've got the black label, which is the one in the UK. Okay. The red, white, and blue, which is uh, the exclusive USA stuff, funnily, because it's red, white, and blue. Okay. But okay. Again, this country has been very kind to me. That's the one I, you know, did. Uh, you know, by I I raffled Rolexes, launching that up in Chicago. With, oh, really? Uh, yeah, you know, to, to to raise funds. Is that what you or you raffled Rolexes like? No, for for the customers at the events and stuff. Oh, great! Uh, I love. Oh, look, here we go. Adam's got a box now. <laughs> so we'll. Uh, what we got there? So right. yeah, and then um, I so, uh, that one's that one's. Here we uh, go. Oh, look! I found bit. the white Exclusivo Ooh. USA. That one's a bit stronger uh, than the black. Okay. And then the the Orchard selection is a private label I made for Mitch, and so the way that came about is pretty interesting. <laughs> Ronnie Hesha unfriended me. <laughs> no <laughs> way. <laughs> yes. I know Ronnie. I know Ronnie well. Oh my god. <laughs> I've been to Shuffle Cuffle. So, uh, oh my I god. Wow. I can't believe he unfriended because I, I you know you don't we don't see the comments on KMA. 
you know, on Facebook. Not I don't all know the why. Time. So it's it's a delayed reaction. I guess he didn't like your comment about not working and stalking me. Oh, sorry, buddy. Ronnie, don't do that. Oh, I can't believe you just unfriended me. <laughs> so do you have you have the black in your hand? You yeah, can hold yeah. it up to that that okay. camera that's looking at you if you'd like. Okay. Hello. There you go. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, basically. Uh, so so that cigar, uh, the auction selection I made for Mitch, and um, it's so a shop exclusive. It is, yeah, in England. But okay. the, but then Mitch, you know, I said, hey, listen. Uh, you know, uh, there's people asking for this in America, and he allowed me to sell uh, 200 of each size every year, and he's got the rest because... Oh, okay. Yeah, he's got um, 200 of each size, the three sizes, and again, it's, you know, he sells it to America. So you can, okay, so you can actually get it in the U.S. as well. Yeah, there is, so you can get, it's very limited, but yes, you can, you can yes. If there were one of your cigars that somebody that's never smoked the cigar before that should be their entrance their foray into yeah. the regis line what what cigar would that be um i it depends i mean it depends what you know you, you're in the mood for i guess but the black probably yeah that's what you said okay so the black the one that we were just showing yeah okay exactly the one in this fancy uh, adam's got it in a oh well let's get that oh okay the tube very cool you want one? oh sure i'll hold it up here for we're not allowed to smoke here is, is that no is I that know. the tubes in there yeah you got it over there that's a gorgeous. I'll get a better. It actually is. <laughs> got it. Showing stuff off. Got that. I haven't seen this one before. There we go. Ah, thank you very much. Ah, appreciate. It. Yeah, yeah it, it actually is great packaging. So we can look at this, but we can't smoke it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not yet. Not yet. We're getting there. <laughs> we uh, we we're building a studio. So once no, once I've we heard, once yeah. we build that studio, then we'll have you back and we'll we'll smoke a cigar together for sure. Yeah, it's uh yeah no I go there and it's like as soon as I come in it's like Negroni on the table. And, <laughs> and I always like going to the shop, man. I, I like a Negroni as well. Uh, so the the other question is, wh- what's what's next? So where 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 are we? Wh- where are you going as far as blends or, or as far as the next couple of years? What oh, do you see on the in the future? So I've got some really I found some really good tobacco, <clears throat> you know, with uh, in the factory with Nestor and uh, I'm actually coming out with my Reserva line and that's going to be the best cigar I've made to date. It's really going to be small batch, small production. It's okay. going to be expensive to reflect the scarcity of the tobacco and uh, that should be coming out in March or April. Was it? Did you actually find it, like, or or he was like, "Oh, I know, I have something that in, in limited quanti- quantities." Actually, did you, you know, actually so, like, find so, it? so here's what happened. I was in the blending room, right? I was making the cigar, and the guy actually told me, "He's like, look, you know, we don't have a lot of this because it was a really good cigar." I I I find this stuff all the time. Like, you know, okay, this is great, and we make it. And they say, "Well, we don't have that much of it," so you know, I, I've got better blends. Seems like then, a typical thing in the in that world, yeah, right? Exactly. So <clears throat> you know, you have to be careful because. When you make a cigar and, and you push it into the market, right, and then people smoke it again and it's not the same, then you start bastardizing, you know, your company. So I don't want to do that. But this one was really, really good, and I want to release it. So I will be, will be doing that. So, so it will be limited. Yeah. And, I've, you know, it's pretty crazy because people have pre-ordered it, you know, and it's... When can we expect that to, to be released? Um, March, April time. You and know? is there a name? And if, yeah, and the, the Reserva. Have ah, people pre-ordered it already? Yeah, tons. Like uh, mm. one guy ordered seven. You know, well, yeah, you know, wow. Numbers, but yeah, it's uh, you know basically all allocated, and it's gonna, you know, it's gonna fly. Great. So look for that. Can't go wrong with those. How, how involved are you in in the blending and going? I mean, are I, you uh, down there a lot? Yeah, go, I do it. You know, I've got a place down there, and you know, yeah, your own place down there. Yeah, and really, I, yeah, I, I'm there. You know, because ultimately, 
the cigar business, especially in America, is so competitive that, you know, if you put out a product that's not consistent or substandard, you're not going to survive. So, I, you know, I've committed to it. And, you know, I like how, it. how much time do you spend down there? I'd, I'd say four or five months a year, at least. Huh. And, and not just that, but it, it, again, it's one of those things where before I never used to roll or produce cigars unless I was there because, you know, I understand the competitive nature of the business. But now I actually kind of like it down there. It's a very relaxed way of life. You know, I can wake up when I want, you know. Go Are you married? Factory. No, sir. Smart man. Not that I know of. <laughs> no, when I asked if you have children, you're supposed to say not that I know of. Yeah. You should pretty much know if you're married or not. Well, you know. What does it what does an average like I don't know, I'm not asking what your house costs, but what is an average home cost in Nicaragua? Like what what could you like could we do you want to well, yeah, no, like a ballpark figure like it? Yeah, you, yeah, you can get a really good right, place uh, for yeah. Like a hundred thousand yeah. dollars? Yeah, and yeah. Get, but for a hundred thousand dollars I could get a really nice place. Like I could live like a king. Yeah, I'll, I'll just tell you, um, because I know what you're asking. So yeah. I've got a four-bedroom house with a jacuzzi and air conditioning and all of the, you know, American washing machine dryer right. and all of that stuff. Um, and the cost on that is probably 100 to 150 grand, yeah. Wow. Yeah, so. And wow. it nice. Yeah. Good to know. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, place. again, you know, the the, <laughs> the thing is, it's, it's not, it's, it's more the lifestyle that I like because, you know, I, I'm not, uh, I, I, can't get anywhere by nine o'clock in the morning you know there's no way and i realized that early on so <clears throat> that's why you I can't get anywhere by nine o'clock in the morning yeah I'm, which means you're not an early riser is that what you're trying to say i, I guess i'm trying to or say is that a traffic issue uh, is that a geographical uh, issue he likes it? to take his time yeah you know i'm a gentleman of leisure you know so, nine uh, in the morning and hey, listen i wake up at 11 12 usually <laughs> in the afternoon that's the morning 11, 11 a.m. 11 a.m. That's not morning. Well, not to you and me, because we wake up at 6 a.m., 5.30 with our kids. Yeah, I'm not doing that. You start your day at 11? If you're lucky. That so, oh sounds my great. Goodness what time gracious. do you go to bed? Oh, it depends, you know? Like, you know, two, three, four. Depends. Well, he doesn't know if he's married or not. <laughs> <laughs> holy, holy. Yeah. Also another good point. <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's more, you know, I, I think that the biggest killer in life is stress, and it's important to have a... And you think that an overabundance of sleep cures stress? Absolutely. Really? Anti-inflammatory. Anti-inflammatory. Actually, there, there, there are studies that say that, that, that sleep, people that get more sleep are less stressed. Yeah. Probably because they're not working those times. Are there studies that say people who get more sleep are less successful? I don't know. I'd like to see I'd have those to look studies. that up. <laughs> I think... Because I, I tell you, when you see like quotes from guys like Bill Gates yeah, or Steve Jobs... But, I don't think one ever said was I started my day at eleven every day. Fake news. Fake news. I thought. Yeah, but they a lot of them do. Let's let's be honest. Once they get to that point, they, yeah. they, kinda, they you know what they do. Abe? They, 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 when you get you. there, it's different. Uh, it's yeah, but you know they they say they they wake up at five o'clock to motivate the employees. They don't do that. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, if they show at, up. I wake up at five six o'clock. Yeah. Well, yeah, but you got kids jumping all over you at six o'clock in the morning. Yeah, Doesn't mean I got to get up. <clears throat> That's true. They're self sufficient. I couldn't do it. Yeah. I mean, actually, I prefer to get up. So it's not like I'm getting up by choice. I, I don't want to be in bed till 8, 9 in the morning. I can't do that anymore. The older, I used to be that guy. I could, I could do that if I didn't work. But I can't, I can't physically stay in bed that long anymore. Like, I, 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 I get don't, sore. I, I don't want to. I think that the, anyway, I, this when, segment of KMA Talk Radio <laughs> brought to you in part well, by I mean, our I'd good like friends to, over at Mattress yeah, Burn. Mattress say, Burn. Right? Happy to give you everything you need for I, a good I, night's I, sleep. I like to start my day. Like, as soon as my eyes like open, I'm like, all right, man, let me get going. I got Hey, but know, I think, I think part of the benefit of having your own business is that you can manage your own time. So, 
you know. I, 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 I agree. I manage my time by choosing not to be in bed. Oh. Well, <laughs> <it's> <laughs> so you, don't, you don't go right to the office. You do your own thing for a while. I no, mean, no. You know. I, listen, doing and being functional is not about getting into the office. I start doing stuff seven in the morning and right. ask my employees because they'll start getting texts from me. Right. You know, I mean, I start working, you know, as soon as I'm ready, but I don't want to be in bed till 9, 10, 11. I mean, I just don't. There's no desire for it. Oh, a, he's a man of leisure. You're yeah, not. Yeah, that must be a man of leisure. I, I guess I am not a man of leisure. Well, I wouldn't, you know. I, I would be. <laughs> leisure, I'd just say. You know, I think it's, <laughs> what I think time it's do you get out of bed? important to be balanced. Me? You know? Yeah, you. 6.37? Is it because you, you like to get out of bed or is it because it's breakfast time? And you no, 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 I, I like to, no, actually, I don't have breakfast. <laughs> I don't, I don't eat, eat breakfast, breakfast either. I don't eat breakfast. I don't eat breakfast. And either. I just like to get up. I like to Me get too. up. I watch the news. I check my email. Yes. Uh, you know, say, Listen, I have a counselor. I've, actually, eight, I've so. actually had conversations with my employee. I, basically, the statements I've said is, as a grown adult, there's no reason to sleep past 7 in the morning. <laughs> no, I, I'm thinking Something's I'm, wrong if you're sleeping yeah, past you 7 in the morning as a grown the, adult. The morning has a lot to do with the night before. <laughs> you know? So the night before, if you're doing an event and you don't get home till 2 o'clock in the morning, yeah, I'm not waking up at 6. That's fine. But, but what know, are you waking up at? 8? Yeah, 8. Exactly. Yeah, 7.30, yeah, 8. 8. That's like, oh, we just right, stretched it right, out. Right, right, I've had right, those nights. I mean, right, we were together just a couple, a couple weekends, right, right? Right. So, yeah, I mean, if I'm up till 2, 3, 4 in the morning, I'm getting up at 8. Not right. 11, 30, 11. Well, you know. I'll tell you what, if it's a Sunday, I might not get out of bed till 11. Is it really? Yeah. So Those are rares. I can't remember when I've been in bed oh, till like man, 11. I'll order breakfast, I'll, I'll order food, Uber food. And Uber get back. food? Yeah, Uber food. <laughs> and I'll just, I don't Uber even have food. the app, by the way. I don't even have the app. My girl gets the my girl orders the food. Oh, my God. And, we, and we'll Netflix for a little while on a Sunday. I don't have little kids. I have nothing right, to do, right, you know? Right. You know? Mm. Roll, out, roll out after brunch for Liner, I don't know. Liner. Yeah. You know, I don't know I don't know why it stuck with me as a child, but somewhere along the way, you know, somebody told me that if you sleep eight hours a day, which is normal, right, and you live to be a hundred, that means thirty three years of your life didn't exist, right? You right. didn't really live thirty three years. And it always stuck to me. It's like a lot of time yeah, for it's life quali- not to be happening. It's quality, not quantity, you know? Yeah, but you can have more quantity of quality time. And, and you know when he's here. He's not sleeping yeah. until 11. Yeah, yeah. You know, no, when he's no, here, no. When, I'm when, here. I, when he's with me, he's being picked up at 9.30. Yeah, like today, yeah, you know? 9, 9.30. Yeah. It's know? not uncommon, you know. <laughs> and, and lots of times, he's like, really? Uh, <laughs> yeah, man. You know, stores open at 10. We need to be there. We got an hour to drive. We gotta, right. You know. But, you know, you know, Abe, here's the thing. When when you're working for someone and, and they're telling you, okay, you got to be here at this time. When I was 23, I promised myself that that wouldn't be me. Because I even saw my bosses, and they had their bosses, and telling them to be there at a certain time and doing things. And maybe it's a new generation, but I just, you know, I think... It, I think it is a new generation, because it's not about... I've never... I've As a grown adult, yeah. I never worked for anybody. I started my own, literally, business in 20-something. Yeah, exactly. So I never really worked for people, but I just... That's where my dad was. You know, my dad... I, I, I remember mornings, especially because you know, we had a grocery same. store. No, my, my father was the same. We had, a, we had a grocery store in a, in a butcher shop, and um, uh, like during the holiday weekends, July Fourth Memorial Day, where business was just insane, he would get up and go to work at three in the morning to start setting the meat counters, wow. right? Yeah. Because the business was insane that before, and he had to clean and set it up. And you know, he was always that kind of employer that he wasn't making the employees come in at three right. or four in the morning. He went himself and did it, and then. You know, we were t- we would work every holiday, and we were too young. To, you know, he wouldn't take us three or four in the morning, so we'd have my mom Bring follow it. us. And then when we got older, he'd let us follow her when we started driving. But 
Yeah, it's just it's just what I saw growing up, and it just you know it's still in us. You know, I mean, my dad wasn't a sleeper, never was. And then when you do it for so often, it becomes automatic. Right. You know, I don't I don't need a clock anymore. I just I, I wake up. You know, I mean, if I, if I got a flight to catch and I'm worried I may oversleep, yeah. I'll set an alarm. But I don't need to set or an alarm. Or just stay up all night. Don't you do yeah, that? That's what I do. <laughs> well, I, I, stay, I stay up all night so I sleep on the plane. Which, by the way, that head thing that that yeah. Alec, Alec Rubin bought, yeah. bought me, love it. <sighs> The best invention ever because I wish Brandy would have sent pictures of you sleeping with it. I, I'm oh, she sure should have. She should have. I saw that. What was that, dude? It was this awesome thing. You could you could bring it down over your eyes, so it's like an eye cover, so in case there's light in the plane. But it makes a pillow anywhere your head, all lays. the way around your head. Wow. So so like because I was mentioning what my my flying the way I like to fly is I stay up all night and do the packing. So when we go to the air, I catch the first flight in the morning. So by the time we get to the plane, I'm asleep before the run. You know, the plane takes off the runway. I end up spending most of the flight asleep, which is perfect. Right. So I get in there, right? And I usually sit in the same seat always, and then I'll lean up against the, the, the bulkhead of the plane, and I'll go to sleep with my head against either in the window thing or on the plastic. And what happens is, you know, your head bounces, the plane bounces. It bou- this thing doesn't matter. Your head slides, it's on a pillow. You're on a pillow, like, all the way around. Oh, it's wow. awesome. I loved it. That's like my... And your head doesn't sweat? No. You put the... Dude, that thing wi- stinks. I guarantee it. No. <laughs> No, it's, it's, listen. It's a very, it's a very light, breathable uh, really? substance. Yeah, because sometimes yeah, I put a towel over my head, and or and it just I feel heat. No, I, I take no. that off. And... I was out like a light. It was great. So anyway, Akil, uh, where are you headed to next? Uh, where can people find you in the near future? Well, okay, yeah, uh, good question. So, um, I am going to Chicago mm-hmm. this week. Uh, then I'm in Boston. I'm seeing. Uh, I've got a few events set up with. Uh, few of the shops down there. Kevin, Feel free to name them. Yep. Kevin at Buttheads, you know, great guy, carries, mm-hmm. you know, the Orchard Cigar, if anyone's asked, uh, if, ever, if anyone's wondering, um, doing uh, an event up in Watertown, which is near Boston. Then I'm in Seattle. Then I'm in San Francisco. Wow. And then I go to Phoenix for uh, raffling a Rolex with Vartana Ambassadors. Ah, oh, very nice. Yeah. yeah Vartana, great guy. Tuesday. Man. One of the best dressed guys in the industry. Tuesday. Well, you know. Tuesday will be in Downtown Miami. Yeah. Oh, yeah. fun with, stuff. With, with, with Pete Hernandez. Oh, with Billy, Billy Singer. Singer. The only one, Billy Singer. Yes, sir. Billy's the man. Billy's yeah. got one of the first tobacco licenses in Dade County. He's been there longer than anybody else. And huh. he's yeah. a great purveyor of great cigars. Yeah. And we'll be there. What a character. Up. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, no, no. If you've never met him, I, I was yeah. you know what? have dinner with, with him one time at the <laughs> Ashen Dinner. And awesome. uh, <laughs> yeah, then people started telling me stories about him. And I was like. Okay, I guess that'll make sense now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, Billy's the best. He's yeah. the best. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, and then I'm uh, raffling the Rolex with Vartan. Mm-hmm. So if you're in Phoenix on the 14th of December, come along to that. And uh, then I'm flying back to the UK. Excellent. For the holidays, going to stick around for Boxing Day and everything? Yeah, well, yeah, absolutely. And also, I'm, I've become sort of American now because I do Thanksgiving, so. Oh, <laughs> nice. Very Wait, nice. Do you do Thanksgiving in As London? No, no. Uh, here, I get invited. Oh, okay, so, okay. You know, not going to turn down. I thought, you were, I thought you were saying you you go, you fly back over the pond, and then you have Thanksgiving meal. And then there. fly back. Weird. Yeah, no. <laughs> that would be odd. Yeah. yeah. Yes, well, thank you for coming in. He, he also gets you. invited and doesn't bring anything, like not oh, having a Friendsgiving call. This is a friend. <laughs> that was a Friendsgiving. It's not a Thanksgiving anyway, meal. But yes, the yeah. Keel, thank you for being here. Best of luck. Have fun in Phoenix, Seattle, Washington. And uh, San Francisco in the next couple of weeks. Uh, when we, we're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to talk to Kevin Abbott of Barrel Monks Brewing. Keep it lit. You're listening to KMA Talk Radio. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter. We're on Instagram, too. Yeah, 
Yes, it's mandatory. We are family. Stop right there. A, I hate the song. B, I can't sing. Dan Blunt here for Alec Bradley Cigars. I'm making a point, though, and that's Alec Bradley Cigars is a family operation. Alan Rubin named the company after his two sons, Alec and Bradley, when they were just tykes. Now they're grown up, working alongside their dad, making the best damn cigars you ever smoked. So join the family. Alec Bradley Cigars. Fuel your soul and experience inspiration with the Aging Room Quattro Series by Rafael Nodal. More than just a master blender, but the inspired composer of four boutique masterpieces for the sophisticated palate of an aficionado. The Aging Room Quattro Series are a perfect core to flavor and aroma and are born from the best tobaccos aged under the expertise of one of the greatest names in cigar making. Truly the perfect notes for a genuine cigar smoking experience. Aging Room Quattro Series, a quartet of excellence. Hoya de Nicaragua proudly announces the release of Cuatro Cinco Reserva Especial, a carefully modified recipe containing a unique and exceptional selection of barrel-aged grade-A fillers and a beautiful silky shade-grown Habano wrapper. From the legendary Jalapa Valley, producing small quantities, this exceptional medium to full-bodied cigar will continue to captivate consumers with its rich Nicaraguan complexity, subtle woody and sweet flavors, and a velvety finish. Try a Cuatro Cinco Reserva Especial today. CLE Cigar Company presents CLE Cigars, Eroa Cigars, and Asylum Cigars. With four generations and over 120 years of experience in tobacco, from seed to smoke, these cigars are produced in Honduras and Nicaragua with the utmost care and precision possible. CLE Cigar Company introduces a vast array of tobaccos in various sizes to bring the highest quality of premium tobacco direct for your enjoyment. Visit CLECigars.com for more information. Since their humble beginnings in 1998, Drew Estate has believed that the production floor is the crossroads between art and passion and where the real magic takes place. Drew Estate Master Blender Willie Herrera has crafted a unique medium-bodied line extension that is creamy, lush, and ultra-smooth and finished off with a flawless shade wrapper that delivers satisfaction in spades. Continuing the story from their factory floor, it is with great bravado that the Drew Estate presents Under Crown Shade, a true Drew experience. A Toscano cigar is the perfect combination of American and Italian craftsmanship. Made with American and Italian dark-fired cured tobacco, Toscano cigars are produced by hand by the cigar rollers of Luca, Italy. Smoking a Toscano helps you escape from the real world for those few perfect minutes, like when you're sitting at home on a terrace after a long day's work pondering life and how beautiful things are. A Toscano cigar can take you back through over 200 years of history and elegance. There's only one Toscano. Available worldwide, Toscano is now available at your local premium cigar retailer. The Oliva family, the makers of some of the most affordable yet highest rated premium cigars available. For seven straight years, Cigar Aficionado has rated Oliva as one of the best cigars of the year. And Oliva has a cigar for all smokers. From the newly released Gilberto Oliva Reserva to the bold and rich Oliva Siri V. Oliva cigars can be found at a tobacconist near you. So always ask for Oliva, an unbeatable value and uncompromising quality. The Oliva family of cigars. Ventura Cigar Company is a boutique cigar brand born in sunny Southern California. Ventura Cigar Company is on a mission to create memorable, complex cigar blends that excite the senses and reward discriminating palates. Experience the Cigar Aficionado number 13 Cigar of the Year. The archetype, Axis Mundi. Rise up, step up, look up, fire up, and leave compromise behind with Ventura Cigar Company. Check them out online at VenturaCigar.com. 
Welcome back. You're listening to KMA Talk Radio. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter. We're on Instagram, too. Yes, it's mandatory. <laughs> well, welcome back to KMA Talk Radio. I am Adam K., the Brewmeister. Uh, we are here broadcasting live on this episode number 361. 39 more, and uh, we're going to have to plan a big event, Paul. Oh, no. Yeah, that's... Uh, you think about it, that's like... Sounds like a lot of work. It's like eight months from now. Oh, eight months. I got plenty of time. You got plenty of time. But when do you actually do anything? That's the real question. That's messed up, dude. Yeah. Abe is outside apologizing to uh, Ronnie Haisha of Secreto wow. Cigar Bar. Uh, I guess Ronnie unfriended him after he heard his hateful comments on the oh, air. Yeah. <laughs> you lied. Do you know, do you know Ronnie? No, I don't. Okay. Oh, okay. Anyway, uh, we are pleased to welcome, once again, welcome back our uh, good friend, Mr. Kevin Abbott of Barrel Monks Burn. Kevin, thanks for being here, buddy. What's up, guys? Hi. Oh, it's been a while. I know. It has been a while, uh, yeah. Y- you, you, were, you were moving last year when I was at the Christmas party. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I, I actually I, missed the first Christmas party in the history of the brewery last year. Thankfully, I, I, I was kind of upset. Year. I was yeah. like, I was seeing everybody else, and I'm like, where's Kevin? They're like, Kevin's moving. I'm like, he couldn't pick a different day to move? <laughs> you know how Seriously. that kind of stuff works. You know, no, you got, I do you not. Got, you got a closing out of house. You got to get over there. You got to get stuff done. Yeah. Well, listen, I feel bad that I missed you, but are you going to be at the Christmas party this year? Uh, yeah. December 7th? Yeah, okay. two weeks. Yes. So I will it's be already there. on my calendar. Absolutely. So you'll, yeah. we'll, uh, we'll get a chance to hang out then. Yes. This is a silly question, but Barrel is B-A-R-R-E-L, right? No two L's? That is correct. Real, really? <laughs> did, I, did I put it in there wrong? I'm <laughs> sorry. I was, all lose our minds today? <laughs> I, was I think so. Spelling is hard sometimes. I so. feel the same way. <laughs> You know, he gets too excited when he knows you're coming out. Yeah, it's really I can see kind. it in his eyes. Look how lively he is. That's <laughs> why I didn't mind not being in on time. I had to talk to Ronnie. Is Ronnie, he okay? He's gotten over his feelings, but now he wants me to accept his friend request. I said, nope. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, so you're going to expect my friend request back? I'm like, nope. Yeah, you never get it. So uh, Paul and I were talking earlier, and Paul got me. Uh, he got a chance to go down to the brewery a couple weeks ago, and he got the Father Christmas release for this year, mm-hmm. which he is claiming is the best, and I believe he, you have said as well that this is the best Father Christmas ever. We think so. One of my partners, Bill McPhee, who this is kind mm-hmm. of his baby, yeah. he is so happy with the ba- this batch. He's also really happy with the Cabernet Barrel version that I brought today, which mm-hmm. hasn't, hasn't been re- released yet. It will be out on the 7th. It will be the bottle release for the Christmas party. So that's the Christmas party. You can go to Barrel... What is it? Barrelofmonks.com? Barrelofmonks.com, mm-hmm. yeah. And, and there's uh, tickets available. And it's well worth the price of admission. Adam and I have gone a couple... Year. We've gone a couple times. Yep. I, I can't go this year because I have to be in Disney. That's a very important <laughs> meeting. I gotta go to Disney. It's very important. It's the only time of year go I can go Mickey for Christmas. I gotta go see Mickey Mouse again. Oh, <laughs> it's so important. But Father Christmas will be coming with me in my cooler, just letting you know. Well, I, I, I came, have bought a couple bottles already. I came prepared to do a taste comparison today. So, you know, I'm, <laughs> soda? I'm, I'm, a little I'm bit of soda? Okay. Taste, no. uh, well, we can mix them together. We'll no, make a little. No, <laughs> please, dear God, no. Well, the funny let thing us not is, be sacrilegious. The funny thing is that Abe's not really a beer guy, but when we've tried. Belgian style ales, he actually does enjoy them. So this I, is one of the types well, of beers that you do really enjoy. Part of the thing of not being a beer guy or a wine guy after just coming back from Napa is, is kind of when you're not knowledgeable about the topic, it's hard to be a beer guy because you really kind of don't know what you're doing. So like that changed for us going on Napa. And, and when we have guests right. like this on the show, it changes it too because you learn a little bit about what you're doing and what you're drinking and how the beer is affecting. And i got to be honest with you, I mean, every time they, you know they've come on, it's always stuff I've really, really enjoyed. I mean, some more than others, but I mean, it's just it's. A, I find the beer now very similar to the wine, you know, similar to the cigar experience of just learning about what you're tasting. I, I don't think you can develop a palate if you don't have a knowledge right. of what's going on. 
in the product. I think it's also exposure to different styles of things. So most people, when I do tastings with a, with people at a, at a total one and more, and there's a lot of people that are very novice craft beer drinkers, they think that all beers taste the same. Right. And then you give them something that they are not expecting, and then all of a sudden they really, really are into it, and they go, I didn't know beer could be this That's way. That's what I'm saying. So, it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's the knowledge, right? Because yeah. you just don't know what you're doing. Like, I mean, my wife's been a wine drinker for I you know since we've met, seriously. And... Going to Napa. This I was last just going to say, can we open that? Right, or? going to Napa this last trip and learning and the exposure of trying different stuff and learning about it really kind of changed a little bit of mm-hmm. my outlook on it. Same thing with the beer when we have guests like you know Kevin who come on the show. It's it's when you learn about the art, absolutely, and the, and the history behind Belgian and you know what you're ales, drinking especially. because now I have a barometer and something I could. Thank you, sir. You so, are welcome. Um, I year, love these little glasses. So this year, you were saying you did a, the Cabernet Barrel. Uh, last year was a Pinot Noir. <laughs> Correct. If I'm not mistaken. And also a Chardonnay barrel in the Father Christmas. We actually just did the Pinot Noir last year. Uh, okay. In previous years, we had done multiple barrel ages. Okay, so that was uh, two years ago. Two years ago, we did apple brandy. Yep. Uh, we I did think port, I still have one of those left. And yes. we did bourbon. No, you, I had one of each. Are you using barrels from any specific vineyard? So it's really hard unless you have some real connections to right. get specific barrels. We end up from time to time getting specific uh, spirit barrels from, like, say, Maker's Mark or somebody sure. like that. But a lot of times in the secondary market, it's really just what is available. Right. And, uh, when you get when you get out there and they send you what they have. Do you that's know? how we ended up with the, ca- with the Cabernet this year? Well, So we wanted to do Cabernet. We did a Cabernet the first year. In 2015, we produced this beer for the first time. Mm-hmm. And this beer always is the barrel-age version is from the previous year. So this is 2018's Father Christmas. So the first year we released Father Christmas, we did not have a barrel-age version. We did the 2015 wow. for 2016 was the Cabernet barrel version. And uh, so we brought that back again and uh, really, really pleased with it. I love white or I'm sorry, wine in general, but red wine in beers and dark, strong beers like this. It has all those Christmas style spices, got a little bit of acidity to it, along with the sweetness and that fig and that raisin. And, and Kevin's history is from the he started in the wine business, right? Or or in the is, is wine the right terminology or what, kind of in the, the wine and spirits industry yeah. and. Hundred percent. I was a wine steward at a at a restaurant and cultivated their wine list, and I also did the, the spirits buying and the beer buying and the wine buying and all that kind of stuff. And worked just worked in the restaurant industry for fifteen years. So I got into wine first. I thought I was going to do it for my rest of my life. I thought wine was my thing, and then I became a home brewer. And then you know, fifteen years later, I own a brewery. Actually, well, part owner of two breweries, and we're uh, we're kind of doing our thing. Good for you, man. Yeah. I, I don't know. It's because I just got back from my trip. I'm, I'm attuned. I could taste the barreling. No, it is it is actually right? very very in a good way. Right. It's very potent and very noticeable. I could taste the barreling. In but this. the thing about the aging with some of these beers is sometimes you'll taste the the barrel that it's aged in, and you lose you lose the beer flavor. No, no, this is very. I beer can tasting. attest. I can yeah, attest yeah. to the fact that the taste of the Father Christmas is still in there because I have the non aged, the non barrel aged ones at my house that I've been drinking now, the last you, week. Do you know? Or are you concerned how many times the barrel? If it's like the third, fourth, they've been used. A certain number of times. That's a really good question. So, because the potency is different as it goes further down, well, you know, the more times are well, used. Well, for bourbon, they can only be used once, so you know it's only used once, correct? Well, the yeah. wine, they well, don't. No, no, but wine but, but, but is wine, right. wine is multiple. That's in making the bourbon. Not in how we use the barrels. So right. the, we first run. So when we do our Den of Sins, which is our uh, Belgian Imperial Stout in bourbon barrel, it's always in first run barrels really? because we want to get the most extraction out of it. 
but we'll use that barrel four, five, six times. Right. And over time, you're going to leach out less and less of a flavor of the right. spirit or the wine, mm-hmm. but then you're going to have the natural barrel flavor, and then you start to get some wild bugs and bacteria and wild yeast, which will make the beer sour. And sour ales are really, really popular. We have a brewery called Odd Breed, which is our sister brewery that does nothing but wild ales. They're down in Pompano. So the sour beers, the wild ales, like those barrels become good barrels for that. And then eventually, there's no more flavor left. the The flavor gets a little bit too funky. It's then you make ashtrays out of them. Yeah, then rich, <laughs> then rich people put them in their backyard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> you find you find some extra uses for right. that. My, you would be my wife's hero if you had an old wine barrel that we could buy. I'm just throwing it out there. She wants them so bad. We've tried to buy them from places. Do you know how expensive they are? Um, oh you my, can, they're you ridiculously can go to a lot of breweries expensive. And they're always posting it on Instagram. You can get them for twenty bucks. <laughs> really? Yeah. 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 They're real hard to buy, Paul. I had yeah. no idea. You um, know who has one? The lady who ran off. Who yeah. she has one. Give her a call. She has one. Yeah. It, it's, wow. It's not. That it's bitch. not hard. Breweries are putting them up for sale, right being now. like, you, walk, "Walk in with I'll cash. Give us twenty bucks." You totally just. I didn't know that. Yeah. No, I didn't know that because we've we've asked about buying you know, them before had from you wineries. Not said anything. He could have sold them one for like 150 bucks. Yeah, yeah. They're <laughs> I mean, like he was just happy eight. to buy one. Yeah. Thanks a lot. Yeah, man. you just deflated his leverage. <laughs> yeah, I, I, we've gone to wineries would, and they're like, it's like 200. dollars We're like, oh, Kevin God. would dis ball like that. I don't think he might if true. he could get 250 yeah. bucks out of me. <laughs> Maybe. He's jaded now. Yeah. He's jaded from the hit and run. Bring cash. Everybody's terrible. They're such bad people. I've lost my faith in you. Lost faith. Beer nerd question. Yes. Oh, he, look at him. He's alive. He gets, We're the, doing he it. gets yeah. the elixir We're doing in him. And he's... I, I, obviously, you brought up Odd Breed, the sister brewery. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Are sours the new IPA? Well, they've been saying that for a long time, that the sour beer was going to be the big new thing, and they're mm-hmm. becoming more steadily popular. The thing that always <laughs> drives me nuts is yeah. that I will go and I will talk to someone. They'll go, sour beer, and they'll get that look on their face. and Because they don't know. Well, but the thing is, the... The assumption is that sour beer is bad beer. Mm-hmm. And then they'll go, I don't like to drink sour things. And I go, have you ever had a Sauvignon Blanc? <laughs> Sauvignon Blanc has a tartness to it. Right. Do, you, it do you drink margaritas? I love margaritas. They call it sour mix for a reason. Yep. You know, the right blend of sweet and sour is what you're looking for in malt flavor and all the complexity of a sour or wild ale. And when somebody, it's just like you said a little bit earlier, Abe, when you're not when you're not anticipating something different, it's kind of hard to get into it. But when you explain to someone like this has some tartness, this has some malt flavor, this is complex, this is layered and give them the expectation of what they're actually drinking. They go, Oh, I really like this. Absolutely. And they, they're not expecting a Budweiser anymore. They're not expecting an IP anymore. They're expecting something different and they can get into it. And that's what my experience has been. And I think more people's experience has been that that's why they're becoming more popular, but it's still a niche at the end of the day. Right. But I mean, like, because the whole reason I brought that up is like IPA was like the hot button topic starting maybe 10 years ago when the. When and and that's like a that's like a style of beer that I never found like my sweet spot in. Right. Because well, you don't like a, the hoppiness. You don't I like never that. met an IPA I liked. Yeah. You know. And, I'm and, sure Akil would disagree because especially overseas. There, well, because you're a man I'm of sure leisure. I'm sure you like IPAs, mm-hmm. right? Do you like, uh, do you like that? Because he's a man of leisure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, uh, what type of beer, though? I like I like Belgian White Hogarden. Oh, okay, I like Guinness. Hogarden and Guinness. I'm not I'm not a fan of like very hoppy hops. Are oh, you're not. Okay, hops, so hops are preserved. I stand. Uh, <laughs> oh, I stand hops are preserved. Hops are preservative. Hops were originally a preservative in beer. That's one of the main reasons why the IPA was invented was because the hops were put into the beer as the uh, beer. The barrels were traveling to the uh, the colonies in in India. Wow, uh, and. Uh, so that's where that came from, and it's really the the U.S. that took that and said, "Well, if a little bit of hops are good, 
a whole lot of hops are better, and that's where they became more the bitter big, and more bigger bitter. Bigger the better bitter. in the, the USA. Big, the big IBUs. <laughs> Supersize uh, me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta love it. This is very tasty. I I, think, thank you. I don't think I've met the one of the holiday beers I haven't liked yet. So, yeah, I was going to say, when we first had Kevin on... It about was, four years ago? It was my first, probably when I started, yeah, so three and a half, years four years ago. ago. It was the first Kevin's time I ever like a reg- had... Kevin's like a seasonal record, now, a mm-hmm. seasonal regular now. Yeah. But it was the first time I ever had a Belgian ale that I, I that I knew about. I had I had later realized that I used to love Delirium and uh, Delirium Tremens, but I didn't know that that was a Belgian ale. So, but that's why I liked it. It kind of opened up my eyes to kind of like what you were saying, Pete. Like, it really is a different quality of of beer. I have plenty of people tell me that they don't. <laughs> no, I don't enjoy beer, and I say you haven't had a great beer. And right. well, what do you mean? And you you let them taste the uh, Delirium, and you let them taste Saint Bernardus, and they go, "Oh my God!" And you explain to them. You're gonna taste it's sweet, but not molasses sweet. It's right. sweet like like when you smell the inside of a, a of a box of raisins. <laughs> yeah, sweet, that's actually a great. That's, a great that, well, that's what yeah. good tobacco smells like. Really good tobacco smells like you're smelling into a box of raisins. And so they have so many things in common. So a, a cigar goes best with something on the sweet side. Mm-hmm. And so it's not molassesy sweet. But let me tell you, those Belgian ales. That is my favorite. I've stopped right there. I won't have anything else. Well, I'm not gonna get, I'm not gonna have carbs for me to say that. I'm not having <laughs> carbs. I'm not having carbs that are from a beer that isn't a Saint Bernardus, a Chimay, a Tremis. Now, Barrel of Monks is fantastic. You just and this it. isn't too far from you, actually. So you were, you were excited in. knowing oh, he was gonna be on this. <laughs> when I found out that you're all Belgian beers, that is my absolute favorite. I won't have another freaking beer. But you've had their beer before. My job's done. Yes, yeah, so but, yeah, you, you've done your job. So, um, you know, I, I wanted to bring up, you guys do a great thing every October with the Witty and Pink, especially this year where um, basically... Oh, he has it. Yeah, he even has. I mean, we, guy is so we could try it. You're like a great guest. I'm just letting you know. <laughs> he says you. a word, it comes out of the bag. Yes. I love it. We, uh, we had cigars earlier, believe it or not. The manufacturer didn't bring any cigars in really? the interview. Yeah. He had, had to run out to the car. Look the at car. this guy. But that was the sales rep's fault. It was always a sales rep's fault. <laughs> yes. That's their job. But basically, this is the standard wit beer that you guys have, the Wizard, which is your flagship that is available you know, anywhere, any, basically anywhere in Florida, any total wine and CBC. Well, now you're. Now I don't they remember can be... him bringing this on the show before. Not witty no. and pink. Okay, because no. this, this label I don't recognize at all. No, but uh, we actually had it in the shop not uh, last month, actually. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yes, and it was available. Yeah. So I pass that around. Yeah, so Kevin, tell us a. Uh, so one for the Florida well, listeners, this is going to be available in some publics at some point. Well, we're we're going to work on that for next year. But okay, the, the, so the beer we've been doing Another it since change. we opened. Uh, oh yeah. It, we opened uh, in 2015. We, two of my partners are radiologists. They work at the Lynn Cancer wow. Institute. Uh, they are in the breast cancer community, right? They, they work a, a lot in that world. Oh, I didn't so, know that. Yeah, so okay. we decided to make this beer in support of breast cancer awareness and research in 2015. Every year it's got a little bit bigger. It is the base beer is our Wizard Wit uh, with raspberries added during fermentation. And the big part about that is that this beer is not sweet. It's dry, has a little bit of tartness to it. It's really clean. It's really light. It's really refreshing. It still has the orange and coriander. It's still a wit beer with a hint of fruit. It's not a fruit beer with a hint of beer. And, uh, it, and it, it's not sweet. You would think immediately that it's going to be sweet, like raspberry mm. flavoring, mm. but it's not. It tastes like real raspberries. I don't know. And like I had a like we had it in the, the shop. Uh, the sales Delicious. rep came in and said, yeah. "Hey, I can get you." And I was like, "Absolutely. I want to help support breast cancer awareness. I want to save the tatas." Speaking <laughs> of breast cancer, <laughs> see, how, see how much money Steve Saka's breasts went up to? I I didn't see recently. I saw like a week ago that. They were like triple what I think it was like $5,000. Oh, 
Five thousand. He's got well, a lot of fanboys. Well, no, no. He added like a whole like major montage of cigars uh, and a oh, fishing trip to Lake Umbagog with him and where the cigar name comes from. I mean, yeah, I mean like he did a whole package and everybody's like, What are you offering? I'm like, uh my breasts. That's about <laughs> it. But what my, are yours my, at? hundred bucks? Last, no, it ended up like at one seventy eight, okay. two hundred almost. So yeah, we raised about like seven six, seven grand for breast cancer hey. with But yeah, I was shocked to see what his final uh tally went. It was like a really ridiculous price. That's wow. So, yeah, kudos to Kevin Sheehan for putting that together. Yeah, really. In fact, I, Our I, friend from Cigar Prop. In fact, I, I already have it in mind now. I want to make the drag event an annual event. Adam will do it. Look, uh, did you make that face about the drag or the beer? No, the drag. Oh <laughs> <laughs> All these guys. Person, are you kidding me? Well, listen, this is my goal now, <laughs> is to find a manufacturer who definitely won't do it or that you would never think would do it. Do it, but I also want to tie it next time. To breast cancer. Well, who I wanna... said who said at the event that they would never do it? We talked to somebody. I, oh no, it was Eric Espinosa said he wouldn't do Eric it. Eric Espinosa said he would but, never but, do it. I, that's my goal now to find guys like that who said they'd never do it. I want to tie in an event to it, but really tie it in to raise a lot of money for breast cancer. Maybe even do a limited cigar for the event for yeah. breast cancer and, and make more of it to do out of it. Listen, it was a pain. Listen, my nails are still destroyed from those acrylics. I mean, do you see? Look, look, look! Look at how they're cracking. You see yeah, the cracks? Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's going to take a few months for it to go away. But um, it was a pain, but it was a lot of fun. Everybody got a kick out of it. It was fun. And if and you know what? You talking about breast cancer? If you could raise money for a good cause, I'm, I'm committed yeah. to doing it once a year. I have no problem with it. Kevin, so. are you doing this? Is this going to be an annual thing for you? So we've been doing it for years now. It's just been getting bigger and bigger. So we were able to put the beer in bottles and small package bottles last year. This year we had we had partners with Miller's Ale House wow. for the entire state of Florida. We worked with Total Wine and More. We worked oh, with that's Top Forty Two, awesome. and we're just looking to make it bigger. So uh, maybe we should talk year. to Kevin, and when we when we decide to actually set this event up, we could have the beer there too. This is this Absolutely. is comes out to what time? What time of year? So we bring it out. It'll be available. It's usually mid September. We have it brewed Perfect. by, but we end up for o- for the for the whole month of October. All the cases, Perfect. all the kegs, all go to so, making, making strides against breast cancer, which is a local arm of the National uh, uh, Cancer. Society, Perfect. Uh, uh, and we uh, we've been working. This is the first year we worked with them. They were so wonderful. We're going to work with them every year going Good. forward. So we'll get in touch because what we'll do is we'll tie our annual drag event yeah. and with that, and we'll raise a lot of money too. So I love it. I want to get involved because that was we, we just did it this year. Just kind of, it, it started as a weight loss challenge. Okay, then ended up into a stupid drag event. But <laughs> um, I didn't really think about it afterwards because we had we, you know we had fake breasts that we had bought. Uh, one of the guys took our fake breasts and had us autograph them and put them up for charity. Oh yeah, to raise money for breast cancer awareness, which it made me say, "Why didn't I think of yeah. that? We should just tie our whole event into this." And he raised thousands of dollars. Guys wanting our signed breasts. So, <laughs> um, yeah, crazy. But I love this, and I think it's perfect. I think we put it on our calendar to get early enough to tie this in the whole. For the Adam, month of would October. you ever cross dress? Would you? Or what do you call it? I uh, already did once in college. Oh, you did? Yes. How did we not talk about this? I didn't tell this? you that story? No, we oh, asked no. once. So I, so I was the last person of the three of us to have cross-dressed? Yeah, because I've done it a couple yeah. times. Well, we know you do. <laughs> we know we know you still do. We, we know your name. Oh, we know Every time Stephanie goes out of town, Jai, you Oh, you know closet. me. I put on her dresses. <laughs> we, we, we know very much that your name is Larry David, and you enjoy wearing women's panties. Is that a, I don't. Is yeah. that's an. I work. That, I watch that, Curb Your Enthusiasm, and I don't understand. I it. watch Curb Your Enthusiasm. I never saw that reference. No, no, no. no. Nobody got. Oh man, I can't believe that joke failed. 
Hey, is there uh, any more of that? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Somebody will well, pee up. You know I want to thank Terrence Riley for ter- making me this beer monster that I've become because Terrence is. <laughs> oh, Terrence! Yeah, Such yeah. yeah. Terrence, big beer, big and beer Terrence, guy. if you're Terrence is watching, so he Terrence, is. I don't know if you've tried. The, let's show the bottle. Uh, I'm so this is Father Christmas. Yeah, last time uh, I'm pretty sure TJ and I talked about it. Oh, uh, we gave him a bottle. Ago. You I'm, gave you bought him a bottle. Yeah, didn't yeah. You? I, I did. I'm really shocked at how this tastes for a beer. Thank you so much. I mean. You know, normally when you talk about stuff like raspberries and whatever, this is like really, and it still tastes like beer. And mm-hmm. that's that's the big thing. I want right? this beer to be accessible to non-beer drinkers, to beer drinkers alike, to people that really appreciate subtlety and a well-balanced beer. And very often you can go heavy-handed, and it's just raspberry juice. Right, and I got in the beer industry, not the juice industry, for a reason. Yeah. So the, uh, uh, from a t- from time to time, yeah. yeah. We've, we've given him a couple of cigars from time to time. Pete's already trying to look for a barter program. <laughs> yeah, I think you need to step it up. I think you need to step it up. Barter program. I didn't think of that. Yeah, I know. Yeah. You, oh, you're full yeah. of shit. I know exactly what you're thinking. Yeah. We can set something up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wait, easy. Wait, we'll talk yeah, after the show. Kind of. Basically, there were a lot of people. <laughs> Listen, Paul, like, you're not cutting into my barter program. Look at you guys. You guys are so sad. <laughs> so, actually, and the, the, the tie-in here, too, though, Adam, is you and I have have literally had this exact beer mm-hmm. with cigars. Yep. It's perfect. actually a perfect pairing. Perfect. Mm-hmm. What cigar would you say? What's a, What type of cigar would you say? Not not brand necessarily, but oh, what, I, what type of cigar would be a good... You have to do this while Pete's giving me the death stare that I have to name one of his brands, too. Well, don't name I, a brand. I, no, well, no, 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 I'm actually going to say it like, no, but basically like a very good example of this, uh-huh. the Mikarita from the previously mentioned Steve Saka would go extremely well with this Cabernet Christmas. Because it's not it's subtle enough, but not overwhelming enough that it's going to mask either one of them out. All right. So since I'm the least no, this, go ahead. So yeah. the, the beer geek in the room, I, I want. Well, wait, hold on. He's taking out a lot more beer. Here. I want to talk. Some. I'm just putting these out here to, to demonstrate what I have. I'm well, gonna let Adam. We have to go long today one. because Thank I. Thank you, sir. <laughs> no, no, we can wait, go long. Hold yeah. on. He's got the 2019 Grand Crew. He's got the 2019 Grand. Oh, crew. nice. That's what you want? I don't know what it is, but I'm ready. Okay. Some, okay. Somebody crack open the I'll, I'll crack this open yeah. while I didn't mean to in, no, interrupt. No, 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 uh, well, <laughs> We just look at him. He's, wow. he's jonesing. I'm just the business guy, right? So I have some economic questions because the last time we talked many times ago, right? Right now you're brewed and bottled here in Florida, right? Correct. Your distribution, ba- your distribution base is in Florida. Correct. Um is your beer available anywhere outside of Florida yet? No. Okay. Uh, and it, it, look, I, I can imagine that it's a little difficult, maybe as far as production-wise, to, to scale to that level. Is that something you guys are looking for eventually, or or is that maybe something that happens after maybe one day you get bought out, or is there any thought of expanding? Because like we have a lot of listeners, right? So yeah. if they're if they're listening to this and watching us drink beer, and like, man, how do we get that? You know, you guys don't ship, do you? Well, so it's illegal. We cannot ship outside of the state. Okay. Florida laws. It's like, a very, Florida thing. It's a Florida though. thing. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So we we don't we we're not big enough right now to produce more. Like pretty much, I can still double my sales in Florida. Right. We are we are very very popular in our immediate market. But as you get into like you know Tampa, Jacksonville, the Panhandle, right. we have representation, but we don't sell nearly as much beer as we say we do in Palm Beach County. So it's like a bullseye, right? The farther you get away from the brewery, right. The less influence because there's a billion other the breweries. Get thinner and thinner. Right? Exactly. Yeah. And the, because we're not really even local. I've gone down to Miami and people say, you're not local. And it's like, okay, I got you, man. Oh, that's cool. But we are. And it's not like there's not a dozen breweries in Miami now. And there is. 
we kind of hang our hat in the fact that we are a Belgian style brewery. There are a couple of the breweries that do similar things in the state of Florida, but we're really the only real production brewery that's doing a lot of a lot of mass production and selling beer in stores and things of that nature. So we're a niche in that way. My sister brewery, Oddbreed, we actually do sell beer outside of the state. Okay. And we sell in Georgia. We're selling some beer in Colorado. We're going to be selling, sending some beer up to Vermont pretty soon. Uh, but because as a sour brewery, we're even more niche. We really have to find those pockets oh, where yeah. people are really, really into those styles. So we will eventually kind of go outside the state. Th- but that's on the plan somewhere we, down we, the road. We really want to wait until someone says, hey, we want you. We don't need to go out there and, 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 and shop ourselves around. We have plenty of room to grow within where we are right are now. Are you in every cigar bar? I don't I, I don't think so. I know that you're not. <laughs> I can help you there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> every single one will have your beer. High five. And I'll dress there we go. I'll, I'll dress up in a in, <laughs> in a monk suit. There is a, 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 a monk suit. There is a very you there's a different yeast in this. Now is this this bottle here? Yes. So, so tell us about this bottle let's here. Pass so that. The grand, so the, the grand crew they do every year, right? So, so we we do kidding, our our grand crew every year. Paul. This is never the same oh. recipe twice. Never. We do a different beer every year. We never do any uh, what we call adjunct ingredients. So there's never any fruit or any spices. It is only malt. Water, yeast, and hops. That's it. The uh, the Ryan Heitzkabolt, the the classic beer styles, and we do this beer. It's always over ten percent, and it's always mm-hmm. meant to be. What can you do with regular beer ingredients? And this year we did a Belgian uh, Imperial Red Ale, is what we called it. And I am so happy with this beer. I love a great multi red ale. You get all this like strawberry on the nose mm-hmm. and caramel. It's chewy, malty. It's just really beautiful. And uh, we're, we're, we're working on the recipe for, for 2020, which is going to be a Belgian dark oh, no, frong it, ale. It, it even okay. smells like that is a great I way to describe it. I smell it pouring. The thick, yeah. It, it, yeah, it's... it even smells like that thickness that you get there. And that's where I even said, like, there's a different yeast in this. This is a different variation on what I usually expected out of it. So this. just look at the. I'm going to put this on the camera because the, <laughs> the color in this is very I hope it unique as well. <laughs> Come on, really? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just saying, you poured yourself a couple of beers. Pete's a professional drunk. Dude. Okay. Don't insult him like that. Pete, right. Yeah, Pete has a higher tolerance than you, I think. Wow. I know, sure. that'd be a lot. So, so Kevin, saying something. Is, what, what, consti- Thank what, you. Wow. what constitutes a red ale? Because I've had reopened. several other Belgian red ales. Mm-hmm. What constitutes a red ale? It's really the color is what you start. Oh, is that with. it? Yeah. Okay. The, 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 Bel- the thing is, the Duh. Belgian red is not really a style, so to speak. Uh, there's an American red and there's an Irish red. Those are two like beer judge certification classes and but there's styles. A, there's of beer. a major brewery that Why? does a Belgian red that is super sweet. Are you that talking I about at Epcot? Uh, is it? Uh, you're talking about Nuglaris? I don't know. Red? I took a picture and sent it to you when I was there. Okay. I don't remember, but it was. It almost. It was almost like strawberry tasting. Okay. It was very sweet though. So but, I, I. That's what I was expecting when I tried, when you said red ale, but it's yeah. not. So Kevin and I like ignores it. your text too. I apparently does. everybody does. <laughs> everybody does. Don't feel bad. Uh, so <sighs> so I just want to be friends with a beer guy. <laughs> <laughs> Adam's account. There is a Belgian raspberry ale that comes in a this type of bottle. What is the name of that? I've seen it. Delirium, it might be a does, delirium. Delirium yeah. does a, a red right. that they do. Uh, so there's not really any classification you're looking for. We okay. really wanted to make a multi-Irish red hybrid with our Belgian yeast strain. Okay. So that's what this is. A lot of American red ales are really hoppy, mm-hmm. and we don't really do a lot of that. So we made a multi-version of it. It's an imperial beer. It's big, 
And this is one of those beers you see in the champagne bottle. This will age three, five, six years and develop complexity over time. And I'm just, when people ask me what I really get excited about, it's beers like this. We do a lot of crazy fun stuff with coconut and chocolate and cherries and all this, but this is what I really, really love because it's multi, it's complex, and it's all beer, right? Now, just coming back from wine country, does the beer industry have like awards and stuff like the wine community does? Yeah, we're actually just getting ready right now. We just uh, submitted four beers for the World Beer uh, Cup or the World Beer Championships. And where is that held? Uh, they do it every two years, and they two years. every two years they do it in the craft beer, the craft brewers conference. And you submit Colorado or uh, they move it around. So oh, a couple, around. last year it was in Nashville. I forget where it is coming up this year. But now, is it only beers that have come out in the last two years that get to be judged or any beer? Every brewery has a chance to submit up to four beers. And okay. you have breweries that have been around for 100 years that submit beers and they submit beers that they've been making. But forever. now you've you've won if you've gone to their their um, what do we call it? What do you what do you call the place? Tap room, tasting room, tap room. Yeah. Uh, they they have yeah. you've won numerous awards, haven't you, for the beer? The medals we've won have all been Florida, the okay. Florida Beer Championships. Uh, we've never won anything outside of the state. There's also so this is a big deal if you. Yeah, we've submitted a couple times, and we've done well. Especially our Wizard Wit has always gotten to the second round, but there's mm -hmm. so many Wit beers out there. We actually the last year that came back and said the reason why it didn't go in the next round was because there are too many good beers. So that's that's a good <laughs> wow. thing Yeah, for that's us. okay. That's a good thing for us. That's but, good for the industry. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and they yeah. also have uh, at, um, uh, what's, you have to know this, in, in Colorado every year. Oh, yes. Uh, why do I not know the name of the Great American Beer uh, Fest? Yes, the Great American Beer Fest. Yes, Great yes, American yes. Beer Fest does a award ceremony every year as well. And we have not, we haven't won any medals there yet either. But we've we've done pretty well in some local competitions. And not to mention, like, there are, like, in the cigar industry, there are all these blogs and everything else that are coming up that we have. But the same thing is happening with the beer world. You have the beer advocate guys, mm -hmm. be rate beer people, everybody else is not And the apps. Out. There's, a, there's a lot of craft oh, beer yeah. apps, too. Mm -hmm. Everybody's coming out with all of these things about beer and trying to get into beer because it's been this massive thing that has been brewing up for the last 10 years, pun intended. Thank you. So, yeah. so Florida, I have a Florida, I have a question. My, my cousin's a, a big into the microbrewery scene and beer scene up in Chicago, and he says Florida's just a hot spot. It's definitely growing. When I first started doing this, it was 2008 when I did my first home brew. I want to say, and there were 70 breweries in the state of Florida. And now there's over 300. And is that so? Florida's behind everybody else because in New York, this was like booming 10 years ago. We're still behind. If you go from where I'm from in Detroit, in Michigan, you're still ahead of them. So we're really in the catch-up phase. But the big problem with Florida is that the percentage Water. of craft beer being drank in the state is still lower than all these other states. So now we're getting the same amount of craft breweries, but the percentage of craft beer as opposed to macro beer is three percent of the market Why is that do you think it, listen it's, it's, it's corona country man i mean we're right. we're, we're, well, we're in vacation well, I, well, I think, in florida I, I think you go to the middle of the state it's bud light country still it's definitely <laughs> it's definitely but but listen you have the fact that it's That's hot county it's beach it's yeah. all that stuff and you just have those those strongholds of the what we call macro beers and it's changing the dynamic is changing but it's not it's not keeping up with the amount of new breweries but you so, have a beer for that too single in the sun we definitely do, and I get a chance to, to to serve that to people all the time, and they love it, but it's really hard to get someone to go from buying a $6 six-pack right, mm -hmm. right. as opposed to my $9 or $10 six-pack, even w when they enjoy the beer as much. So, Ooh, okay, wait, I have a question go going ahead. into that. Go so ahead. how do you combat that, and what is the best way to go about doing it? 
you just have to sell yourself on quality and on, and on being local. You have to say, listen, do you want to dr- drink something that has a little more flavor? Do you want to drink something that's, that, that is local, that is, is brewed with care and brewed by people that you can meet and shake their hand and support the local economy? Right. That's one of the reasons. But the fact is, is that there are just people that are going to say, well, I don't see that much of a difference between this and this. I'll smack so I'm going to go with um, what I'm comfortable with. Mm-hmm. And you know what? That's fine. Keep doing that as we grow. Economies of scale bring our production costs down. The package gets a little bit less expensive, and eventually you get to, you get to play in that same sandbox as they do. Uh-huh. Florida seems to be a very difficult place to do something very boutique and something very niche where the masses are going to go ahead and jump on it. We seem to be in the same position in cigars where they're, this is not for a boutique cigars. Uh, they don't, it's not as important here as, let's say, Michigan. And to have them go out, this is still Fuente country, mm-hmm. you know? So you want to smoke a great cigar and at, at, at a great price, Fuente, and then guys don't see the difference, don't see the value in paying an extra three bucks a steak for something that's going to be that's that's so paid attention to, that's so craft made. How did you, Pete? Because uh, how did you when when I mentioned that Kevin's uh, brewery only does Belgian ales, you you like lit up today. How how were you introduced to Belgian ales? Like. Uh, I you know what again I think it was Terrence Riley. Okay. Terrence will drink all kinds of beers, but he's, a, he's like, yeah he's a, he could be a Cicerone I think right. he could well, take the test but, now. You know so what? But for me it was just there's nothing that matches better with a cigar than a Belgian beer mm-hmm. because a cigar needs to go with something that's a, the best thing to pair with a cigar is coffee. Uh, after that it's probably rum. After that it's going to be scotch or bourbon. Uh, with and then when it comes to a cigar. I mean, with a beer, it has to be a Belgian beer that's going to be on the sweet side, but not overwhelmingly sweet. But complex in flavor enough to be able to match the cigar. Exactly, exactly. So I won't even drink any other beer unless it's a Belgian-style beer. Uh, And I was so excited to find out that you're brewing, (laughs) which I've had barrel amongst in the past. Have you? Okay. Yeah, of course. Uh, Plenty. But I didn't know know anything about the brewery. Mm -hmm. Someone once told me, uh, you need to know, actually, Steve Saka wrote this on Facebook. Do you need to know anything about the manufacturer and the production of a product for you to enjoy it? And I wrote back on his Facebook post. I said, you don't need to know anything about the roots of a product to enjoy the fruits. So I don't know a lot Ooh, about beer. Ooh, that's a t-shirt. That's pretty impressive. You like that? I like that. Mm. Yeah. So you, I don't need to know about the manufacturer. And so he even responded, well, I don't know what your manufacturers think about that. But the truth is that there are plenty of guys out there. Well, those are the hardest guys to reach, mm-hmm. the guys that are not into that, the guys that aren't geeks. Right. I know all the geeks. All the geeks know what, who I am and what I represent, <laughs> and they're going to like what they like. But it's all about getting the guy who's who's drinking uh, Corona. Right. How do you get him to buy, who spend a couple of extra bucks? Because at the end of the day, he's looking at paying, uh, what is it, 12 bucks for 18 beers yeah. or whatever it is, mm-hmm. you know? And. Unfortunately, there's plenty of guys out there smoking cigars. So the, it's, uh, it's partially education, too, I think, because I, I didn't know. Now I know this is what I like. But go ahead, Adam. All right. So anyway, I was going to say, usually the Grand Crew comes out. Uh, last year came out around the end of December of last year, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it does. Is, that gonna, is this going to be released at that same time? No, no. So we, we kind of, it depends. It's not a, a certain time of year when we do it. It's kind of when we're able to get the beer in the tank. Because this beer, and you want to talk about what makes set, separates one beer from another one, mm-hmm. this beer takes about three months to make. Right, most beer when you go to the store, it if it took more than seventeen days, someone got in trouble. Yep. So when you put this beer out there, so we make sure we have some tank time for it, we get an idea. This beer, I think next year was going to be out in June ish. I think we're going to have it, uh, June the 19th, July. The nineteenth, 
the 19th or the 20th? The 20th, the yeah. The 20th going to be released in July, okay. Yeah, so of, of 2020. <laughs> and uh, He's so excited. We've mm-hmm. got, uh, we're, Bill right now is working on a recipe for a dark strong ale that's going to be a little bit of a hybrid between a quad and a, and a stout. So it's going to be a little more roasty than our traditional uh, quadruple. And every year we sit down and we go, hey, what do we want to do with this? And w- the beer that was last year's beer, which was oh, the, ni- the, the 2018 so Grunt Crew, that morphed and transformed into a beer called Black Tie Brute, which is a champagne-style beer that we're releasing in December. And actually, if you go and get a VIP ticket to our Christmas party, which is $100, but you get food, you get two beers that are special that only the people at the VIP are going to get, you're also going to get a bottle of Black Tie Brute. Huh. Two and, weeks un- and unlimited beer Unlimited there? beers. Right. Yeah, unlimited of all the specialty beers we have, plus two beers, unlimited. You, sell out, you sell out every year of this, right? Yeah. For the VIPs, we only have 40 tickets available. Uh, it's, a, it's kind of a small thing, but we're also giving them a bottle of Black Tie Brute, our mm. champagne-style beer, which is kind of the, the seeds were sown with the Grand Cru last year. Does it and taste like champagne? So the idea of a champagne-style beer is yeah. to keep it clean and really, really dry and super effervescent. So a normal beer like a brute. Is, is like 2.5 volumes of CO2. The numbers don't matter, but just think about 2.5. Right. My Belgian-style brute beer should be at five volumes. So Ooh. double the carbonation. It's all champagne-conditioned, cork and cage, and it's just going to be effervescent and bready and we released this, and we will be releasing this going forward in December because we want people to toast with more, as I said, more than just fermented grape juice. Use that to toast on, uh, nice. on New Year's Eve. Do well, you th- have to put the, the cage on the cork? Is that, like, required, or are you doing that because it's champagne style? Or is it, do you think it has to be on there because it's a cork and it's so, uh, so carbonated? So you have two choices with the cork. You can either put the cork all the way into the bottle. All the way in down in the bottle. Like a wine bottle. Yes. Okay. And if you do that and your carbonation isn't too high, the cork's not going to push out, right? But when you do champagne bottles, you're going to have so much carbonation that without the cage, the cork's going to pop. Right. So you've got to have that both in okay. there. And we only cork and cage beers that make sense to it. We do cork and cage in almost all of our barrel-aged beers, except for the Father Christmas, because we like the wax dip for the holidays. I love the wax dip, And yeah. then for other specialty beers, like the champagne beer, like the black type root. So I know we like, we also talk about bottle conditioning a lot, especially when you're on the show. And have you had any of the Father Christmas from last year recently? Because I still have one from last year that I'm saving. You you have a lot of self control. <laughs> uh, so Kevin told me when I bought the beers that he said put one away in like a cold dark place in the house. Oh no no. So and, there's two. And you didn't. No, I, this year I did. There's, I, I, I drink them right away. Usually I drank one last week Sunday. Oh, you did. So I, I was going to ask. I drank I drank one. I'm going to save one for six months, and wow. I'll make, drink one in a, in a year from now. I will see how long mine last. Mm-hmm. I, I have two in my closet now. And I will say this. Mm-hmm. We have a vintage bottle list at the brewery. Mm-hmm. So you can walk into our yep. brewery. You can look at, we have beers that are three, four, five I years old. But that. you can only That's drink it I'm there. You can right? only drink it there. Right. But um, you can come in, and you can open up a 15, a 16, and a 17 Father Christmas if you and want. And compare all three. Yeah. And I we love act- that. On Tuesday nights, we have our Brotherhood, which is kind of like our mug club. And a lot of times, especially during this time of the year, we'll open a- everyone will be like, okay, you get this and you get this and they'll order five bottles and they'll share them all around and you'll get a chance to try all these great vintage beers. <laughs> and if I'm not mistaken, the Brotherhood just reopened up for new membership like two weeks ago or a week and a half ago? No, that's, that, that's, that's the beer club. That's, that's the, the reserve beer. society. We have uh, so much stuff going on. The Brotherhood is closed for this year. We do okay. that in September. Are you part of the Brotherhood? He no. is not. No. Uh, but, but good I, for you. Keep him out. But I got to tell you. <laughs> keep him out. So the reserve society, <laughs> though, I was open. involved, I would spend way too much money. <laughs> the reserve society is 
four beers. You pre-buy either two bottles per or three bottles per release. They're all going to be released in 2020. They're four very special barrel-aged beers that we'll be releasing. They're all pre-bought, as I said. And uh, it's a really the first one's going to be a double barrel version of our double, which is a bourbon and a Pinot Noir barrel version blended together, uh, with a with we about seventy five percent bourbon, twenty five percent Pinot Noir, and then we're doing a wild version of our saison with blackberries. We're doing a really really interesting uh, blended beer with a uh, a beer with um, grape must. I'm surprised and you don't we have do a couple this, other things, yeah. Adam, that, that you're not part of that. That's still op- that's still available. You can sign up for yeah. that, right? Yeah, it's a, it's a flat fee, and you pay for your bottles now, and then as they are released, we'll just say, hey, listen, on in February, on this date, they're available. Come pick them up. Pete wants to know what else you brought. <laughs> yes, uh, I do. <laughs> so I have, I have two other beers that can be popped right now. Uh, one is 99, which is our closest thing to an IPA. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't make an IPA, but this is not bitter, but it's got a lot of aromatic hops. This is the beer we do with Warren Sapp, who's a friend of the brewery. Right. Oh. And uh, he, uh, he wanted a beer that he could take to the Hall of Fame game and make all his friends jealous. So <laughs> we, we made that for him. And then I have Parade of Souls, which now, is our Belgian uh, Imperial Stout. Now, this is the second year you guys produced the 99. Yes. And how do you feel that it's differentiated from the original release? So we were talking a little bit off air that I have a, a kind of a new guy in the brewery yes. recently. His name's Ralph. Mm-hmm. And Ralph is a hop nut. He knows everything about hops. He knows more than I've ever known. And he kind of helped us kind of retweak the recipe here. And I think this beer is just bang on. I'm not a big IPA fan. Mm-hmm. But I love this because it's not bitter. The aromatics, the flavor, there's there's citrus, there's grassiness, there's herbiness. But it's a beer. It's a Belgian beer at the end of the day. So I think this is the best version of this beer. Oh. And it's been uh, tweaked in with a lot of care to get the right hot blend for it. Well, Excellent. Well, go ahead, Adam. Pick which one you want us to open. We'll taste that. And then we'll do the Cigar and Scene Asylum. And, oh, you, really? know, you, do keep, our... you don't want to keep going? Hi, Abe gave me a note. Hey, Kevin. I just got <laughs> to say, Kevin. I got to say. <laughs> I'm a huge fan. I'm so glad I was here for this. Yeah, let's uh, tell you what. Uh, let's <laughs> crack the Parade of Souls because that's a classic go. right there. Everybody I'm really such good a fan. I gotta Thank tell you. you so much. That's one yeah, you have yeah. to try <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, you know, the last time I felt like this, I met Kevin James. I didn't realize. <laughs> <laughs> hey, he's a Long Island boy. At Vinny's store. That's a quick story. You ready? Of course oh. it was at Vinny's store. Vinny knows everybody. So, uh... I'm, at, I'm with Vinny. I'm at a smoke in Del Rey at the corner of the bar with Vinny. And I go, hey, bro, is that uh And he goes, yeah, Kevin James. I didn't remember, remember his name. He comes in there regularly. Oh, yeah. So, uh, a place down here, I think. Yeah, no, right there in Del Rey. Yeah. So I didn't realize at that moment. So my, I walk up to him and I interrupt this conversation. I'm totally not a fanboy. I interrupt this conversation. <laughs> yeah, okay. Right. <laughs> and, uh, and I say to him, dude, I can't believe I just interrupted your conversation. And I'm such a fan. I'm from Queens. I've been to the Lemon Ice King, like in the place in the beginning where they're eating the ice. And my daughter. Do- so, 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 yeah, yeah, so, I, so I, I go, I digress. And I said, listen, you know, it's crazy because my daughter's a big fan of Justin Bieber and One Direction. And we don't understand where she gets that fanaticism from. And she's got a room posted with all that crap and wants all their records. And I realize she just, she, right now, I realize she gets it from me. <laughs> I'm such a fan of yours. I've seen all your movies and blah, blah, blah. Dude, he, so I got excited. He was actually buying five cigars that, that at that time I was representing. And I was so excited. And I went, hold on. I went out to the car, got a box of cigars, 
Handed out cigars at the video confirmed this. Oh handed out God. cigars at the shop like I had a baby. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't get one picture with the guy. <laughs> so the next time Vinny actually sent me a picture recently. Yeah, so the next time, so the next time Vinny sees me, he goes, "Dude, you know who asked about you?" <laughs> I go, "I go, Kevin James." He goes, "No fucking body, bro." <laughs> 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 Okay, so all right, I gotta try this. All right, currently we are now uh, enjo- enjoying the parade oh, of you. souls. This is really dark. Which this is a yes. very you, you dark. Got very this, you got this on here, Paul. Big yes, beer. you're on. Mm-hmm. Thank yeah, you. Belgian Imperial Stout. We do this every year. It's an October release. This is and, my wife's favorite. That, and this that is, they make. Yeah, this is just big and rich and malty. It's slightly roasty. Uh, the Imperial Stout <laughs> with a nice Belgian yeast strain and gives all those extra phenols and esters, uh, the fruity uh, aspects to I'm it. I'm sorry to interrupt the technical talk, but the noises coming out of this man next to me, it's like you put a Cuban sandwich in front of him. <laughs> with mustard and pickles. <laughs> he, you know what's funny? He, Akil poured him some, and then he took the bottle and poured <laughs> the top wow. I'm taking more with me. <laughs> oh, boy. So, so anyway. Continue, yeah. Sorry, Sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. No, it's okay. Space, no, we, space. This is, this is a, a seasonal beer for us, and we do a version of this in bourbon barrels called Den of Sins that we release for uh, the Day of the Dead uh, oh. early in the year. So uh, this is a really special beer for us. We always do it. And this will be on draft for a little while at the brewery. We have bottles still at the brewery. But this is one that really holds a special place for us. Kevin, do you do you serve any beers at the tap room that are on? Um, is it nitrous, nitro, nitro? What, do, I mean, what is the, what's the deal with that? I, I've seen that now at a couple of breweries, and I'm uh, like, what what's the what whole point it? behind it? I don't know. What you're it's a different about. type of gas, and it, and it yes. seems like it makes it yeah. makes it more what tinier bubbles, but more bubbles or what? So nitro nitro beers are thick. So anyone that's ever had a Guinness. Get right. a draft. That's, that's come out nitro. nitro right? That's nitro. Okay. You so better pour it at two minutes. Better take at least over two minutes. To right. Pour exactly. It, yeah. Or yeah. I'm going to punch you in the face. Right. So <laughs> I personally hate nitro beers. I'm a carbonation okay. guy. I like really when I, I drink sparkling water like crazy. I want bubbles that that hurt my mouth. Right. Yeah. Right. So Belgian beer is usually highly carbonated more than most other beers. That's why we do bottle conditioning and all this stuff. So our beers lean in the opposite direction. Right. Nitro beers are more creamy, and they have a lot of bubbles, but it's, it feels it's a, less it's carbonated. Whole, it's a whole right? different mouthfeel kind of thing. Yeah. So I used to have, I worked at another brewery for years before I opened Barrel of Monks, and we, I used to argue with the owner all the time because he loved nitro beers and always wanted to put one and of our beers on has, nitro. And that brewery has a couple there now, I think. I'm sure they do. Yeah. And uh, they, sure we always they argued about that because I was, I was adamant that it was a terrible idea, and it probably is a great idea because people actually like it. People but like I, it, yeah. I can't. It's not my bag. And my one of my best friends is in the industry, and we argue about nitro beers all the time. Nice. But I, I think that it, I think it hurts the beer mouthfeel more than helps it. More, it more distracts you from the actual beer itself, yeah. maybe. And also, the the effervescence in beer is also aromatics mm-hmm. because when those bubbles pop, they release. They release aroma into the air and into your glass, and that's why you drink in a tulip-shaped glass or a, a, a snifter or something like that because it concentrates aroma, and it's also uh, it, it's, it, that delivers flavor to your olfactory senses as well. Mm-hmm. So I think there's a lot of reasons to do nice, highly carbonated beer. Right. Now you, you 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 do the sales in your tasting room or your, your it's in one location, correct? Yep. Now is is that a profit center for all for at all as a company? Is that just a marketing thing? It just kind of help people get into the beer and it spread really, the word. It, I'm, I'm always fascinated in the business dynamics of, of a business. Yeah. So 
our profit margins on on site because we're making the beer. Right. Then when we sell it to uh, Tap Forty Two, we have to sell to a distributor, and that distributor sells to Tap Forty Two. Who then marks it up again? So for, everyone for takes, legal reasons, right? Yeah. It has to go. It's through a three tiered system yes. in Florida, so I have to. I cannot sell a beer directly right. to anybody. So you think well. Brown Distributing takes their cut. Sure. Tap 42 takes their cut. Sure. So our profit on that is kind of razor thin, especially on packaged products. We make almost nothing on it. Right. But when you sell in the, in the tasting room, you make all your profit margin. Of course. Because you put, you sell basically for the same amount as it would be on draft at a, at a bar or restaurant. Absolutely. So, yes, the profit margins are very high, and that's really a great profit center. And some of the best breweries, the most successful ones, aren't doing a lot of distribution because they keep everything in-house. And they sell everything at their higher profit sure. margin, and they're very, very happy. They're doing great. Right. But there's a ceiling there because there's only, only so many seats. So many people. Exactly. So, many, of so once you hit your ceiling, you have no other place to really grow unless you expand your tasting room, get more seats, well, I was or whatever it say, is. Would, and I don't know. I mean, I'm not that much into the beer universe, the beer verse. Um, but would <laughs> the economic model then be to open up another tasting room? There's a great... Because it just seems like that'd be more fiscally advantageous, right? Well, there is one company that did that locally that has done that. So what would you say to that idea? I'm curious. I think it's genius. If I were oh, doing yeah. it all over again, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. go no. figure. Really, bro? Go really? You have to use that word genius. It, but no, it is. So, so there's a brewery called the Cuesta Brewing Company that uh, has, oh, right two, okay. has two sister breweries, yep. uh, Twisted Trunk and Steam Horse. Mm-hmm. And not only are they founders, uh, the two of the uh, the owners and brewmasters at, for this company are great people to have helped all the other breweries along the way. They're awesome. Their beers are great. But they not to found, mention, they're like the originator of craft beer in South Florida. Fran, in, yeah. Fran, who's one of the owners, yep. was brewing beer. We call him the Godfather. Exactly. He was brewing uh-huh. beer Haven't we had no Fran on going. the show? We Adam? haven't, and uh, I've been trying been to trying. tell you to get him. No, I've reached out to him. Yeah, Fran, Try again. Fran's great. His partner, you know Matt, great. He's in our great. shopping center. Wow. Yeah. I, I have texted so, him several times. He's just so weak. But they're great. They're Look, great. You're folks with great, yes. great little woman hit him, run him. Yeah. Oh, he's going to get a guest. Anyway, he's get so, a guest. but yes, so Fran's the Godfather. So looking at this right outside, looking in, right, it just mm-hmm. seems like the model, especially if you've got something like this is doing very well, would be. It's just a lot more profitable to say, hey, let me open up a second tasting center than try to distribute. So I, I don't know the intricacies of their business, right? I, these are people that I know. They're not right. really close friends of mine, but they're definitely people that I respect in the industry and people that, uh, you know, we're, we're friendly and we talk from time to time when we, when we see each other. But I see their business and they sell the majority of their beer on site and they do some distribution right. because their beer is wanted and great and they can put it out there. But at the end of the day, they are focusing more on their tasting room. Sure. And if when I have friends of mine, and I do all the time, that come to me and go, Kevin, got this great idea. I'm going to open a brewery. Okay. And, the, and the, first no. thing, the first thing I say is, please don't. Yes. Because there's so many breweries out there. Unless your concept Just is like your so business. good. If your concept is amazing and revolutionary and you're going to go into an area that doesn't have a brewery and be the foundation there, you're going to be the draw because you're going to go into a city that has nothing else. And you're going to be their local brewery. Great. But... If you're going to do that, focus on your tap room, become the local guys that everybody wants to be around and grow out from there and put up a couple of different concepts if it's really, really successful. Grow out from there organically because too many people are doing what kind of what Barrel Amongst did. We opened a 10,000 square foot facility with a 20 barrel brew house that we have to we have to brew beer for the whole state. We have to sell beer everywhere else because there's no way we could sell the beer the, we brew out, out of our tasting, tasting room. room. And we're looking at other things. We're building out a little beer garden area in the front. 
we have some opportunities to open up some different areas in the brewery to get some more seating because we need to because we're we're grow, outgrowing our capacity. Do you need okay? So logistic questions here. Sorry, this is, I love it. This Let's is what it. I love. You know, this is what <laughs> I do. So the licensing to sell beer because you're an on-site brewer and it's a tasting room is that different than opposed to if you just opened up a bar? So there's because there's you some, guys don't do any full liquor, right? We don't do full liquor, so we can legally serve our beer do full and liquor? wine. <laughs> this guy, cut him off. No more beer. Yeah, just, Take that bottle. I was just gonna say he's, he's pouring a bottle. Take that here. bottle. Yeah. We can legally do How's beer and wine with over there, our huh? with our uh, licensing. Yeah, it's a standard beer and wine. And we can also uh, sell other people's legally. We can sell other people's beer as well. But right. Cities also have some really weird things where they won't let you do this. Or they won't right. let you do that. Yeah. So, uh, but there's some really weird laws with with like say food. So, a tasting room. Uh, if you are a Brew pub. So you are making beer just to sell there. Right. You can have a kitchen. Oh, okay. If you are a production brewery, you're not allowed to have a kitchen. So if you're planning on selling beer outside your walls, now you can get around that by building out a tasting room and, and licensing it through somebody else and having another company come sure. in. And, you a know, like our good friends over at Sailfish who have a secondary company entirely in the actual building where they sell pizza, boom. which is an entirely different company, an entirely different cash register, and... Not it's a separate business. The yeah, one in West Palm Beach yeah. does the same so thing, it, I think. Yeah. If, if you wanted to open up like a, a secondary tasting room, do you have to make a whole other brewery? So there, uh, there are some some laws that say that I could open up a barrel of monks. Okay, another brewery. You could you have a certain amount of licenses that you can have. So I could say go to West Palm and I could right. open up a barrel of monks. I'd have to put in a little brewing system. A little one. A little one. Not a full-fledged And one. then I could transfer beer back and forth, so I could make beer at my primary location. And make that your tasting room. And I can make a second tasting room. Right. So Winwood's done this, for for instance, I believe. The, the civil guys did it, too, where they've got the co-location and the West Palm location, yeah. But you can only transfer in as much beer as you make. So we talk in barrels in the brewing industry. Mm -hmm. It's 31 U.S. gallons. So last year we made 2,000 barrels of beer at Barrel of Monks. If I put in a, a tasting room in West Palm Beach and made 200 barrels in a year, I could transfer in 200 barrels from my, my home brewery. But if I, I can't transfer in 201 barrels. So oh, very odd. any other beer other than that has to go through distribution. So okay. I'd have to sell it to a distributor who'd sell it to me. So Crazy. there's some really weird things there uh, that, that because I guess you have to get around. The logistics of making a whole other brewery is what may, may, would make that option expensive. Because the brewing equipment is the really expensive that's part what I'm of it. Yes. Otherwise, I'm thinking build-out's not a lot. It's a beer room. It's a tasting room. But you'd actually have to make a brewery that would make enough beer equivalent to at least half the volume that you would require to make it a profitable tasting room. Bingo. Even if you put a 10-barrel system in with, like, four fermenters in there that you were just constantly just cycling Yeah, but through. that means he can only bring in yeah. 10 barrels. I mean, yeah. that's the problem, but right? But, it, no, it's a 10-barrel system that he's well, he's making it on. Not like the twenty barrel system he started with in Boca. Right. You, no matter what, the fact of the matter is, it's not just the expense of putting it in the equipment. It's the, it's the floor space. It's the build out of it, and then it's the fact that that space is there to make beer. It's not there to serve customers. Right. Mm -hmm. When they, oh, when Bruzies in Boca was uh, was no more, when the when the company went under, they didn't put in another brew concept. They took the brewery space and turned it into seating. Because they wanted to sell food, oh, sure. they want to sell chicken wings to right. people. Sure. They don't want to sell beer to people yeah. anymore. So there's some some logistics in there that are really really tough. I mean we we've looked into to brew pub concepts in several different areas in the state and just not found the right one because you know, rent and all the other kind of kind of stuff. So you have to find the right situation. 
and other people have done it pretty successfully. And I think it, uh, I think it's a, it's a great way to expand your reach. Everyone wants to push their brand as the end all be all. But when you have a chance to kind of get into the community, because if I brought barrel amongst to West Palm, they'd go, that's a Boca thing. Why are you bringing barrel amongst to West Palm? If I brought barrel amongst to Miami, they'd go, we already got plenty of breweries. Why are you bringing barrel amongst mm-hmm. to Miami? The idea of doing a new concept and kind of doing that with a sister brewery thing, I think is a really great idea. So okay. I th- we, uh, uh, hold on. Oh, I have one ahead. more question because I was on that. Since we're on that topic of <laughs> what is next, like, as you said, the craft beer industry has completely exploded over the last 10 years, especially even in the state of Florida, but yet it's still behind in a lot of the other states. But where does it go from here? What is next? How do we get to what is the next level of where people are going to take this? Or people are going to accept it. I think it's really going to come down to the regional, the small breweries that are 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 really into their local communities and getting people to turn on to craft beer. Mm-hmm. When you've got a brewery down the street that you love, that you're a, a macro beer drinker, but you wander into Bang and Banjo or Twenty Six Degree or Barrel of Monks or Winwood or whoever it might be, even though Winwood's a big, big brewery now, and, yeah. you know. But I'm just saying, yeah, when, they've gotten really big. That's- well, they they were they had a buyout there for the national company, uh, and so there's there's a lot of things going on yeah. there as well. But Ooh, which okay, you know what? I'm, we're going to get down a rabbit hole that's going to take us for. Forever. I was just going <laughs> to say because we have to we have to. Yeah. Go. Okay. All right. Anyway. We have to go. Uh, yeah, Kevin, you and I will nerd out uh, next week. We'll nerd Saturday, out Saturday on. Uh, well, he'll be working, the, Adam. But <laughs> Adam doesn't get it's, that. It's all about Adam. I, I missed him <laughs> last year. You know, I have it's to. All I about have Adam. to. I have to make up for last year. Oh, so. trust me. Thank he, you. He probably has lost sleep over the last 360-some <laughs> days over that. Just a little bit. Not Kevin that much, but a little bit. acknowledge me. <laughs> Lady M left our show. Oh, he uh, is very uh, upset uh, about that. Uh, anyway, Kevin, thanks for being here. If you're in locally, you. make sure you're at the Barrel Monks Christmas Party on December the 7th. It's going to be a great time. I know I'll be there having a fantastic time as well. And with that, this week, we'll see who belongs in a cigar in St. Asylum. Welcome to the Cigar Asylum. Did you know I'm utterly insane? We all go a little mad sometimes. Where logic and reason cease to exist. This week, who belongs to the Cigar Insane Asylum brought to you by CLE and Asylum Cigars. All right, I wasn't here for the pre-show meeting, so I didn't... There was no pre-show meeting. Obviously, because I wasn't in town, so that's why you guys are so unprepared Well, we could do it without you. And and I didn't read this preemptive. I'm always scared to read these when I don't... Do you want me to read it? Because sometimes they're just real dumb, so I I I, I want to... I don't even know what this is yet. I'm just giving myself a little... uh, I'm making myself, you know, clearing... You're just covering your ass. Yeah, cases are real stupid. Probably is. I think you'll actually like this. This now. week's inductee needs anger management. 67-year-old James Allen Wells arrived at Porsche's Theater of the Arts Strip Club. I, that's the name of it, Porsche's Theater. I looked it up, actually. Theater of the Arts. Theater of the Arts. I see it. Like <laughs> Sounds like that, a great that, place. That looks really good on a credit card statement. <laughs> <right>? Yeah. <laughs> Honey, what, what is this Porsche's Theater of the Arts? Just donations, babe. I'm right. making donations. <laughs> why, why did you spend $1,000? I'm this month. Yeah, it's okay. No worries. <laughs> Around 11 p.m. on Friday night in Waterloo, Iowa. After his debit card was declined, Wells left the club and pulled out a 38 caliber Smith & Wesson revolver and then opened fire on the parking? In the parking lot. In the parking lot. Yeah, you left out the word lot, and I used the word ion. I, had, so I was uh, you, one bottle you, in of you're, barrel of You should only get half credit this week in your pay because <laughs> your outline is about half done. But uh, began sh- 
fi- opening fire in the parking lot, apparently to get his frustrations out for his debit card being declined. Because his debit card was declined for a lap dance. He tried to run it for one lap dance, wow. and it got declined. You know how embarrassing that is? Right? I'm, I'm, I'm surprised they let him make it out to his parking lot. <laughs> a sh- he shot multiple cars and then fled the scene, according to reports. The gunman escaped in his vehicle, and police came for him. They attempted to stop him, but he kept going leading on to a high-speed chase. Seems a lot for $20. Yep. <laughs> During the high-speed chase, Wells crashed the vehicle into a curb and then was arrested shortly after. One of the officers injured a hand during the arrest. According to the New York Post, Wells has been charged with criminal mischief, reckless use of a firearm, assault on a peace officer, and reckless driving. Next time, make sure you have the balance to cover your exploits. Congratulations, Mr. Wells. You are this week's inductee into the cigar and Santa. So for Island. twenty bucks, he led cops on a high speed chase, injured a cop, did all. That. What a lunatic! That's not bad. <laughs> hey, that's not bad. Nah. That's not bad. Good job, Paul. Nah. Anyway, uh, this has been KMA Talk Radio. We hope you've enjoyed oh, God, this week's episode. Uh, yes, Th- special thanks to Akil and Pete and Kevin for oh, all being pleasure, here. Gentlemen. Thank, Thank you, you all for being Thank here this week. It's been an absolute pleasure. Who we got next week? Next week we are off because it is Thanksgiving. Nice. And, and, at, and at noon I will be probably suffering insufferably <laughs> while watching Michigan lose to Ohio State. I love this caption contest photo. It's Classic. terrible. Yes. Thank Looks you. really, really mm-hmm. good. That was Adam testing the green screen before you came and dragged. Oh, and I, th- I said to Brian, I was like, I need that that photo, please. Could you send oh, that, that was to me? Great. <laughs> This is good. this should be some interesting captions. Oh yeah, I can't always, wait. always. Anyway, till then and as always, keep it lit. You're listening to KMA Talk Radio. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter. We're on Instagram too. Yes, it's mandatory. <laughs> Cigar fairies making round. Yeah, that's fantastic. Keep it lit with KMA Talk Radio.